What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Modern Day Debate. I'm your host, Ryan, tonight. Tonight, we're going to be debating, is Islam true? And to get us started, Mohammed, you have 10 minutes. The floor is all yours. Uh, peace, everybody. I hope everyone's doing well. Thank you, uh, Modern Day Debate, for hosting this debate. And hello to Ben and uh, Ryan. So I'm uh, debating on the side of whether Islam is true. Well, Islam is the only valid explanation to the world that is around us. One example of how submission, which is what Islam is, how submission works is, you can spend money on yourself, which will give you a certain level of positive emotions and get you a certain response of happiness. However, when you spend from what you have been given, provided on others, such as your family or your neighbors or the homeless or needy, there's a much bigger positive response to both you and the people around you. This is proven by the studies that were undertaken where functional MRI recorded individuals in where functional MRI recorded individuals engaging in pro-social behaviors and selfish behaviors. And the studies showed that certain that the regions where that are associated with rewards and pleasure were activated more with the people who are being pro-social comparative to the people who are just self-indulging. Quite simply, giving back to the community gives more gratification than spending selfishly. Now, since a creator and a programmer exists who manifested this reality, said God decided that these factors in which a human will feel more rewarded by being selfless than being selfish. Giving into this programming wholeheartedly is one of the main concepts of what submission or Islam is. Human beings have a certain psychology that has not changed in the last six, six to 10 millenniums. There's a certain cycle that occurs wherein a community gathers together with a certain blessing that they attribute to their monotheistic deity. That only God, being the Lord of the skies and the land, uh, they attribute their success to, them, to him. These blessings carry on where the community overcomes. They engage in technological, spiritual, and scientific progress, which overshadows all understandings of their surrounding communities. Their view of the universe and their reality transforms them into a superpower. They attribute that success to their God. As time carries on, that community, community tends to detach from what they originally believed. They become an arrogant, oppressive, corruptive, and tyrannical uh, society, such as how America is a good example, and just like how ancient Egypt was a good example. God sends said community a warning that if they aren't willing to get back in line, that God will remove them and initiate a new civilization after them or the hour. Typically, during this stage, one part of the human psychology will shine, wherein people will become deaf, dumb, and blind to the truth and the reality that is right in front of them. And they will stick to whatever they are idolizing at the time, whether it's multiple deities, other humans, prophets, angels, and some will even worship themselves and their governments. At that point, the cycle is complete, wherein God will remove said community, since there's very little good coming out of them. While he will save the believers... And then he will either establish the hour or a new civilization will emerge and the cycle repeats. This is another key concept of Islam or submission that humans need to be very aware. When it comes down for a civilization to be removed, at that point, their awareness is at a very low point. Humans are very prone to backstab each other, to oppress each other, to steal from each other, to lie to each other, to hurt and kill each other, 
all of which in the end will hinder the community and will hinder progress and will only breed more evil and more hate. The only real concept that can save humanity from this pattern is the recognition and remembrance of their God. In Arabic, that's called taqwa or awareness. It's a mix of both remembrance, fear, and respect. And in this case, it's the remembrance, fear, and respect of God. Think of it this way. How many people change their behavior when a camera is present, even if it's just a CCTV camera in the top corner of a room? Now imagine if there was also a microphone recording. People tend to watch their actions and people tend to watch what they say and they tend to do not do something that they or the community would deem as punishable or wrong so they don't get caught. Islam teaches you that God is always watching you and that you will stand for every action that you have done. And people will answer to every action done against you, whether in front of you or behind your back. This is why one must always be aware of how they are behaving so that on the day of resurrection, when you are standing for judgment, we don't feel like we have lost everything. Now, remember the earlier point where I said man gets to a level where they are oppressive, monstrous, genocidal. They believe and they believe and utter every lie where justice is no longer valued, nor is the care of the community or humanity or where idiots are deemed as heroes and righteous people are deemed as sick and silly. People just go off their own assumptions and are imbued with hate to God and anything that is holy. Well, we are at that state in the world today and it's not very hard to see. The world is very far from peace and this is where Islam or submission to God shines. The religion of God that teaches you to be as honest as possible, to take care of your community, to forgive when you are crossed or to relax when you're upset. The religion that tells you to witness in truth even against yourself or your family. The one that tells you to avoid cheating, murder, and deviancy. The religion, that, uh, the religion and way of life that gives you the ultimate peace and allows you to have a thriving community. It requires trust. The peace of mind knowing that Lord who programmed this world is in control and nothing is occurring outside of what God has already programmed and decided as outcomes. A peace of mind where that even if the whole world around you is burning, you're still fine. Islam teaches you uh, teaches of good uh, of God giving peace to His servants that He will rescue them from tyrants, from losers that want nothing except this worldly life. This path and its attributes have been tested, repeated, and proven through the life of every devout believer. Islam is true because it teaches you about the system of God, which you have already submitted to, willing, willingly or hatefully. And if you submit willingly, that means you became a Muslim. You are taught the values that matter to God, which will make this system work in your favor by God's permission. You will also gain the characteristics all humans are thriving for. You are taught on how to deal and talk with all various psychology that is presented in front of you from every single human. You are taught to recognize and deal with the common enemy of man who wants to divide, lie, and delude you away from the objective truth, to remove you away from God in the last day. The truth of Islam which is you are here to take care of this world in the name of the Lord that created it. And then after death, you are resurrected and measured for how much good or evil you have done and rewarded as such. For me to further explain Islam and its validity, there are many people who claim they are Muslim, but you could see the situation and the condition of the Middle East and primarily the Levant in North Africa. That is supposed to be a hotbed of Muslims, yet it seems like God's favor is the furthest away from them. One might Ask if they, are, if they are Muslims and they are servants of God, how come they are going through these conditions? Well, they aren't living how God instructed the human to live. 
Well, the simple fact is they all, just like all communities before them, fell into the same error, idolizing and serving something other than God. God has told us the system that will excel the human race, uh, which is, uh, and that is by submitting that the world around you is run and processed by God, and he's setting this reality. Whatever good is coming, well, that's from God. And whatever hurt or evil is occurring, that's because of your decision and your choices. Quite simply, the Muslims in this day and age idolize Prophet Muhammad, and they listen to a system that was written much after the Prophet, and they have forsaken the system that made them dominate over all other ideologies. So now they are going through a loss, because you can't cheat the system of God. When man falls into idolization, they are no longer aware of God. They don't consider him when they are being oppressive, and God's grace and support is no longer given. They become a consequence of the system at this point. With that comes the blindness, deafness, and dumb mentality, where people no longer are able, able to even process what is being told to them, which is a minor punishment before the major punishment on the Day of Judgment. Islam is truth because you can see how the system of God is applying to both the West and the Middle East in the same way. Because God's system is complete, and the Qur'an is fully detailed on how the human acts when it comes to the relationship between him and his Lord, and how humans deal with each other based on their psyche. All in while, the definition of who and what God is is complete in the Qur'an. Remember, Islam is the religion of all Abrahamic prophets. It's not an Arabian religion founded by Prophet Muhammad, and Islam has proven to be the most resilient, non-changing, successful way of life. And with that, I'll hand it over to my uh, brother, Ben. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Muhammad, for your opening statement. Uh, just a quick housekeeping, everybody, uh, just to remind you, here at Modern Day Debate, we are a neutral platform. We host a debate on science, politics, and religion. We hope you feel uh, welcome hanging out in the live chat. Uh, uh, I see lots of people hanging out. Uh, Isa, yeah, glad to see you hanging out. Uh, keep your super chats uh, coming in. I see a couple of them are pouring in already because we are going to read those questions at the end. Uh, so we're going to head it over to Ben up to 10 minutes for your introductory statement. Thanks for being here. Uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Muhammad. Um, uh, this, I gotta say, start. Um, English is not my first language. I will do best to talk it, as to speak it as the best I can. And uh, I will say that um, I just uh, expect some extra patience on that uh, particular matter because I'm sure everyone here speaks English much better than me. I would like to say this. In the course of this debate, I'll use the terms Abram and Abrami. Abram is the original ancient Hebrew name of Abraham. An Abrami is a term to describe a follower of Judaism, Christianity, Islam, and generally any religion that finds Abraham as an initial prophet. My opponent here is an Abrami, in my understanding. Much more before he is a Muslim. He succumbs to the covenant of Abraham and claims that Islam is a restoration of that covenant. I claim that Abrami religions cause more harm than good to humanity and cannot be from a merciful God. For example, the Abramis, known as Muslims, tell, tell us, tell themselves, in the name of God, the most gracious, the most merciful, 
Bism Allah El Rahman El Rahim. Not only that I don't see much mercy in our human world, I would go on to say that Abrahamic religions are the most violent religions in human history and have doomed millions and millions of innocent people into misery and death in immense suffering. So why should we accept that they come from a merciful God or that the God of the Abrahamis is merciful? If the reason is to give us free will, then I prefer to be a robot in heaven than a free chooser in hell on earth. Before we discuss why should we accept Muhammad or Jesus or Moses as prophets, I think the better question would be, why should we accept Abraham as a prophet? If God is our own reality, then it doesn't need prophets. Everything should be clear to each and every one of us. That's my opening statement. Thank you. All right, you got it. Thank you so much, Ben, for your opening statement. And we're going to move it into an open discussion, everybody. So uh, once again, uh, we are going to have uh, Super Chats read at the end uh, with your questions. And uh, just to remind everybody, once uh, again, uh, these debates are going to be uploaded within 24 hours to our podcast. So if you like what you're hearing from either of our speakers and you prefer to watch this in podcast forums, definitely check us out there. And both of our speakers will be linked in those descriptions as well as our YouTube link. Uh, so with that, uh, I'll put it over to you, Mohammed, uh, to respond to some of what you just heard and uh, get into that back and forth. So thank you, uh, both fellows, for being here. And the uh, floor is yours. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that, Ben. Uh, I just don't really see uh, much of what you said applies to the topic. You said that Islam is a restoration to the covenant when Islam existed prior to the covenant, because we have to define what the word Islam means. You are uh, unfortunately grouping the people who call themselves Sunnis and Shia as what Islam is defined, which is not true. But you did say something that was um, that I find a little interesting. What do you mean God is our reality? Um, I have heard a little bit of a discussion between you and uh, uh, Matt Dilahanti, and I recall that you told him that God is a reality. For me, I would say that if God is indeed a reality, then his commandments should be clear and unequivocal to all human beings, anywhere and anytime since the start of humanity. But what I actually see when I look upon humans, especially what I, what I call as Abrami humans, I see them fighting all the time for nearly 3,300 years about what is the, 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 the will of God from our from ourselves. One second, I see... let, let, me, let me just answer a little bit because you, you are yeah. putting a few points. Number one, when I said God is the reality, that the reality in front of us is manifested by God. Now, yes, the instructions are very clear. For you to have a peace of mind, the more you lie, the less peace of mind you have. You can go through life going through trial and error on what is good for you and what is bad for you, 
or you take the shortcut, which is what is already lined by the people who mastered how to live this life in the grace of God. Now you keep repeating that the Abrahamic religions are very destructive and you went and gave the examples that they killed a lot of people. But if you look at uh, all the statistics, if you look at all the statistics in throughout all of history from four groups of people, the least amount of killing was done by the Muslims. Next was the Jew Jewish re uh, religion. The third is by the Christians, or sorry, uh, yeah, the third by the Christians, and the most deadliest, most uh, like most immoral and most deadliest was actually the atheist during the reigns of China and the Soviet. When the, when religion was not allowed, they were actually the most fatal uh, mindset because they've eliminated many people. And and well, and the Islam that you're describing is actually rated at a very low rank of how many people died. And I can pull up the uh, statistics to show you this. I I don't know um, the statistics about um, Abrahamic religions and about atheism. I think atheism is a very unclear uh, term. It very much depend on depends on on the definition. I'm not an atheist. I've never supported atheism. I think. Uh, I've heard time and again from uh, various people that indeed uh, atheist uh, regimes have caused a lot of death and suffering. I, I don't come to deny that. Uh, I just I just don't have knowledge about that. Now, um, there are two things that I, I would like to ask you, Muhammad, um, in the start of this debate. Um, if I recall correctly from your discussion with, uh, from your debate with Matthew Hanti, you are basically, you are a Quranist, right? I mean, you reject much or most of the Hadith. You reject must, much or most of, of the Sira. Is that correct? Okay, so to explain the position, which we don't call ourselves Quranists, we're believers, we're submitters, we've taken the book of God. Now, people can get their information from wherever they want. I can learn things from geography books. I can learn things from science books. There's history books and some books that people wrote for wisdom and all sorts of other things. And there's people who wrote Harry Potter, a bunch of fiction. Now, okay. when it comes to religious guidance, so when it comes to me understanding God, and what I need to do as a human being, that is only found in the Qur'an. I only take religious guidance from the Qur'an. Everything else is deemed useless. It's not acceptable for me, nor do I find the truth in it. So if you read the Sirah and you read the other books that they attributed to the Prophet, you find a lot of contradictions in them. You find a lot of problems. You find things that are that don't fit the mind or reality or what God has said. Now, this is where- But you important. also find a pattern, but you also find a pattern, I would say. When you read the Sirah and the Hadith, you see things repeating and things so, are quite match me an example. one of the other. Give me an example, because uh, before, before you start, I can show you how a lot of what the Jewish tradition, which was the Talmudic tradition and what we call Israeliyat uh, or like the things Israel. that were attributed yeah, from the children of Israel, that is what seeped into the Hadith, because most of the people that wrote the Hadith and Sirah were actually Jews, like before they actually converted to Islam, but they, they weren't I, really believers. I have I have found a lot of uh, anti-Jewish material in the Sirah and Hadith. Uh, I have found a lot of, I what is the term to say? Like, um, I found also, much... Ben, God, much God clearly shared shared things between the two compositions and i would claim as as based on what i've learned that you cannot really make sense of the quran if you don't read it according to these 
most ancient Islamic That's texts. That's not true. Have you read the Quran? Have you read the Quran? Uh, no, I, I, I have not read the Quran. Okay, um, so let me get this straight. One second. Let me get this straight. You're here to just debate whether to Islam is true. You're here yes. to debate whether Islam is true. And the form of Islam that I'm explaining to you, uh, as you know that I'm a Muslim, my core book is the Quran, which you have not read. So you're not aware of what the Quran says. And now you're also going as far as telling me that I need other books to understand the Quran when I've already, me and a whole group of people who I, already understand the Quran without the Hadith. Actually, the Hadith am, is contradictory. I'm telling you that from basically any other Muslim I've met, I, I, no, but, I've made that but you're, you're, talking about you're very special. You're, you're very no. special in that I, regard. I, I, I will give you we'll that give you compliment. I'm sorry, please, uh, please. Uh, I was giving you again. the I was giving you the floor there, Ben, just for uh, thirty seconds, if you don't mind. Okay, um, I would say that Muhammad is very special in that regard because most Muslims I've met, whether either Sunni, Shia, or Ibadi or, or Ahmadiyya, mm -hmm. they do accept uh, some. They do accept the Sirah to some extent. They do accept various hadith collections to some extent so muhammad is very special there not not accepting that i would say when i'm saying by accepting i understand there was a history and you can read into it but it's not a religious obligation and there's absolutely no religious dictations in those books the quran is complete the quran tells you that we have struck an example for everything in this book as religious guidance the quran is telling you which you don't have information and don't stand in it because your hearing, your eyesight, and your brain is going to be questioned about everything. So when I'm saying something, I have to know that it's as much as I can testify is the truth. When God is telling me that you can, he's telling me and he told the prophet, because it's the same book, he's saying you cannot make the dead hear. Yet in the hadith, they say that the prophet made the dead hear. God said that his throne, when God created the world, he put his throne on water. In the hadith, they say that the devil's throne is on water. So they're associating the devil to God. And now in the Jewish traditions, in the Jewish religion, they say that wearing red is forbidden. There's a form of it that is... Let's, like let's, let's stick with the with the Islamic tradition, please, because, you know... No, no, um, but I'm making an example. Because when okay. the Jews said that the red is forbidden, you see in the Hadith that the red is forbidden. God I, said I, I told, let's not wrap up this point there, Ben. Yeah, uh, God I, said to to whip the adulterer, but in the Jewish tradition, is stone them. And all of a sudden, in the Hadith, we have stoning the adulterer. So God has set up a system, and they went with a whole different system. So we do reject the Hadith as a religious authority, because God said that this book is complete. But if you have not read the Quran, so how would you understand what Islam or Muslim means? Well, it literally means submission. I, I, I will tell you this. Uh, I ask submission to what exactly? Submission I haven't seen... Lord. I, I haven't I haven't seen any evidence that the God that Muhammad said he revealed himself to me in a cave through Gabriel exists. I did not see any evidence for that. You know, many people throughout history came and came to us and said, "My uh, my God uh, revealed himself to me uh, personally or before other people. It might be Moses or Jesus uh, making miracles before." vast uh, um, vast crowds it could be Muhammad coming and say well I met him in a cave in, in, in the cave of Hira to me it doesn't matter if there was a crowd there as with Moses and Jesus or or as in the case of Muhammad where he was just in the cave alone 
To me, it matters what, what is the evidence. To me, a merciful God, a God who cares about humanity, who doesn't want to fool humans, will actually um, expose himself, reveal himself in a very, very clear way that would be clear to all humans since the start to the end. And then but didn't you fail the test? What, to do. what? That's the whole test. What? The whole test is faith. That's the whole test. But when God God is going to reveal Himself, Ben, Ben, let me answer you to what the Quran says. It seems to me that humanity is quite failing. Uh, Just one second, no, one second. We'll let him uh, answer the question there. Yeah, Ben, God will reveal Himself. You will literally see God. But when that happens, the test is over. I know that. He's trying. No, He will show your. He will. You will understand on the day of resurrection of God literally being there. And he will show you signs before the day of judgment so that you know he's there. But at that point, it's too late. The whole point right now is to believe in him without seeing him yet. But you have very much evidence in, in literally the world in front of you that this was, uh, uh, there's a body, someone who brought it into existence. Now, you did say something that's very interesting. Did you say that Prophet Muhammad, uh, that God revealed himself to Prophet Muhammad so that Prophet Muhammad saw a form of God? I said that uh, Muhammad claimed that uh, God revealed that himself to him through well, the angel Gabriel. God revealed himself through the angel Gabriel. What do you mean by revealed himself? Um, I cannot quote the direct Arabic from the Quran, but it is, I think in the start of the Quran, it is brought, but, but anyway... That is not true. Is not, now, now you're just making uh, well, up verses. There's nothing about God uh, revealing himself to Prophet Muhammad. Prophet Muhammad never seen God. Prophet Muhammad is not talked well, about a cave in the Quran. None of that is in the Quran about Prophet no, Muhammad no, no, being no. in a cave and Gabriel coming down to him. So you're saying okay. things that are... But okay, how so, are you so, talking so, about so, the Quran if you never read it? No, no, wait, wait, wait. Even if it wasn't in a cave, as you say, Muhammad coming and saying, God revealed himself to me, either directly or via Gabriel. Just one second, Muhammad. What is the evidence for that? Okay, uh, so the reason... I have a question reason... to ask. Go ahead, yes. ask. Uh, yes. About the day... I, I have something to say. Sorry, I have something to say. About the day of resurrection, you yes. uh, say quite uh, boldly that there will be a day of resurrection. I don't believe yes. that there will be a day of resurrection because I think it is very, very immoral to, to resurrect all humans. That includes humans who have murdered or raped or made or robbed other other human beings other human beings put them all together let them see one another again i mean i don't think that someone who was raped would want to see the rapist i don't think that someone who was brutally murdered would want to see uh the murderer i don't think that the jews exterminated in you know in in the holocaust or or uh, i don't sorry, know sorry that's outside uh, of the topic let's not talk about no, no okay I, I i i don't think that these people would actually want to meet those who who crimed against them and i don't think that the merciful god of islam as the god of islam or the or the god of abraham would allow such a such a thing if he's if he's really merciful well, Ben, I, unfortunately, I think you misunderstood what the day of resurrection is or the day of judgment. So people are not resurrected to face each other once again. In fact, if... In Islam, no. Not, um, let me finish the point because I'm explaining to you what please, the Quran please, says, please, what the day of please. judgment is. It's when please. people get back what is due to them. So if I hurt somebody, all the pain and all the suffering that I went through, the other person gets to experience it all. And at that point, the person who's judging between our fight, if I got murdered, 
uh, out of without right or people getting bombed for no reason, they will see the person who bombed them and God will show that person all the pain that the other person went through and God will give the right back to the person who got hurt. So everything goes back to being equal. That is why God is the most merciful. God is so merciful that even the criminal, when he's wronged, he will get back his due and then he will go suffer in hell for disconnecting from God and making humanity worse. The reason why God sent the Quran, yes, it's to not to restore a covenant, but it's to restore the understanding. God is one. It's a unified concept of a monotheistic God. And humanity, just like all other animals, are supposed to be a unified concept. We're a collective. For us as a humanity to thrive, we need to be as a singular unit. But if we're going to sit there and cheat each other and kill each other and, and lie to each other and, and judges are not fair and governments are stealing from you and taxes are not making sense and everybody's dealing with interest, then humanity okay. sucks. So the mercy okay. is that God told us the system that works. But if you're not going to do it, you can't blame God. God what, gave you what, the what? resources and you're not taking them. What do you want? I I would ask you, is that my turn right now? Uh, I was yeah, going to yeah, say, go uh, yeah, you threw quite a bit out there. So I'll, I'll give you up to two minutes there. You can see when you want. Okay. Um, I would like to ask, what is the evidence for all of that? I well, do believe, I do believe in the next life. I do believe in eternity. I do believe that after I die, my consciousness could be converted to be the consciousness of another being that would be born here. This, this being could be a human, could be an animal, could be something, could be what we call an alien, which might be very similar to a human, by the way. And um, I believe that a much better bet than the Islamic concept of the day of resurrection, which might be quite different than the Jewish or and Christian one. I think that a much better bet would be to just lower the suffering of, of human beings, to go in the Buddhist way of lowering the suffering of, of all beings, not only humans, and just ensure that things like uh, murder, rape, theft, and, and everything similar would just not happen. I would, uh, I would choose that path. And, um, you know, I, 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 I wanted to ask you in the start of the conversation, Muhammad, how do you define Islam? Actually, I was waiting for you to define Islam. I already defined Islam and it's a submission to God. So I, but, but it's funny. So you said something about Buddhism. Did you know that there is an interpretation where Buddha is mentioned in a good light in the Quran? Um, there's a, there's a, no, there's a prophet. No. Well, one second, because you haven't read it. There's a prophet that they're okay. called, they call him Dhul Kifil. Dhul Kifil is referring back to the city where uh, Buddha was born, which is Kifilelius or something. I'm, I'm not sure of the full name, but in Arabic, it was Kifil at the time. So he is the person of Kifil and he was talked to in a positive way. So he found the answers in people as they did with Sunnism, as they did with Judaism, as they did with Christianity, as they did with Buddhism. They take some concepts and they go and add assumptions to it and they remove what matters. So this is where the Quran is complete. And this is where the Quran dominates all these other beliefs. Now you're talking about there's no proofs of uh, a possibility of a day of judgment or resurrection because, well, A, it didn't happen and B, this is faith. But then you go ahead and you talk about reincarnation, which there you have absolutely no proof that people are being reincarnated, other than the fact that people are I, saying, oh, I lived in I past lives proof. and certain things. But well, one second. I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, if, if there are concepts like demons and demons can exist longer than humans, a demon can tell a human of somebody else's past life to delude him so that they don't know what that what they're saying, they're following assumptions. And and you know in Islam, we truly believe in angels and demons. Um I didn't mention demons. I shouldn't I talk am. about demons right now. Um, now, about how I define Islam, I got to tell you, I got to be honest with you, and I have much respect for you to be uh, what I can name non-denominational Muslim, but from nearly any Muslim that I've ever heard, whether Sunni, Shia, Ibadi, Ahmadi, whatever, um, mm. everyone told me, I mean, 99% of the people told me that uh, Islam is submission to the Sunnah of Muhammad, as recorded in the Sirah and Hadith, the Hadith that they accept, the Hadith that they accept, and also to the will of Allah as uh, described in the Quran. That is Islam in my definition. What you're trying to define, what they told you, which is incorrect, what they're saying is to submit to God <laughs> and to follow the sunnah, not to submit to the sunnah, because they get to pick and choose which sunnah they want. For example, Prophet Muhammad, there's a hadith that he wrote, he ate with three fingers, but some of them eat with five fingers. Therefore, they did not submit to Prophet Muhammad. They submitted to God and they learned from the example of Prophet Muhammad. But this is where idealization kicked in. Just like with the Christians, Jesus never called himself a son of God. Jesus was teaching the proper way of submitting to God and God's system so that you take care of humanity. You try to make this world a better place. And he's telling you that the majority of the people will not believe. The majority of the people will be idol uh, idolaters. And this is the system of where Abraham was teaching the world, where Jesus taught the world, where Muhammad taught the world. But guess what happened after Prophet Muhammad? People fell into that trap. People started to idolize. People started to talk about sunnah and traditions and all this. I promise you this, my friend, if Prophet Muhammad was alive in this day and age with the technology and the mentality of the people, his sunnah would be oh, very different than what he lived 1400 years ago. So God gave him How would he, is he going to ride horses and use swords? Or is, or is he going to I don't know what he's going pens? to be. I, did, I don't know what he's going to be. I, I, I will just say that... Um, Again, if, if, if I don't have any context to reading a book like the Quran, which is vastly different than the Hebrew Bible and the New yes. Testament in its organization, it's not chronological. It goes from the, from the long to the short in general. In general. Mm -hmm. um, I, think, I think that that would be, I mean, it mixes data from various Jewish sources, Christian sources, um, critical research would say, you know, like... Uh, um, ancient then, then, Arabian, then, ancient Arabian folk folk story. So, it's it's I, I would say it's it's quite of a messy book, which I don't have any proof or any any evidence to 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 succumb to to believe that is is coming wait, from wait, a ben, God of the universe. You've already admitted you didn't read it, so everything that you're saying to me has no value. Like I, 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 I you can't I, succumb I, to. I disagree. A, a, I, I, I disagree because I, I disagree because, you know, um, so you I've judge the book without reading it. No, 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 no. I, ju I don't judge the book. I just say that I don't have any evidence to believe that this book comes from God. And by reading it, I will not get that evidence. I will not get okay, that evidence. But that's that's not how life works. It's not how reality works. You cannot you you are uh, making an assumption. So. You are making an assumption. 
No, you are. You're making an assumption without saying, it's like me saying, oh, I haven't watched the movie. I won't like it. Well, maybe if I do watch it, maybe I do like it. Just well, because of well, other I'm, people's I'm opinions. A movie you is are not a shaped, for God. You, you don't get it. I'm giving you an example where you have not experienced it, yet you're making a judgment and you're giving an opinion about it. That's called ignorance. That's literally the form of ignorance. I'm not trying to call you an ignorant, but what you're doing right now okay. is you're being an ignorant. So if okay. you want to make a proper judgment of the book, you have to read it. And here's the thing. The proof why people knew it was from God is because literally when they're reading it, they're recognizing the truth that they already knew, which God already guided them to. So when they're reading it, they're like, hey, no, this is truth because I've already knew some of this stuff. And then the stuff that they didn't know, they go look and observe it and they see it also lining up with what God has said. So from everything that I told you, like uh, in, in my opening remark, which we still haven't, like you haven't touched any of it. Uh, I was telling you how about God is literally telling you, do not backstab each other. Do not impress each other. Don't steal from each other. Don't lie to each other. Uh, don't hurt and kill each other. Uh, and all of this is going to hinder humanity. If not, then you're the only one suffering. So like what, well, what Islam teaches. This is what Islam's about. And this is proven because okay, uh, even if you don't have the Quran, if you're following these principles, your community will progress. But God gave you the shortcut. He told you what works. So if you want to go test, you can go test. And if you want to talk about reincarnation, you can go talk about reincarnation. Um, may I get to respond? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, he uh, once again, there's quite a bit that you just put out there. So if you wanted, uh, like I say, up to two minutes to respond to uh, uh, some of what was uh, just said there, uh, feel free. See when you like. Yeah. Um, I figure that according to the logic that Muhammad just uh, presented, then we should read any sacred book. We should read uh, the Torah in ancient Hebrew. We should read the New Testament in, in Koine Greek. We should read some of some parts of the Hebrew Bible. I mean, not the Torah, the the the, the prophets and the writings, the Nabiim and Ketubim. We should also write the Nabiim and Ketubim in the late ancient Hebrew, because you have the Torahic or or early ancient Hebrew, and you have then the Nabiim Ketubim later ancient Hebrew, which is very influenced from Aramaic. We should read. The Torah in ancient Hebrew, we should read the, the Nevi'im Ketubim in, in late ancient Hebrew, we should read the, the New Testament in Koine Greek, we should read the Quran in original Arabic, we should read the Pali Canon in Sanskrit, uh, in Sanskrit. we should read many different uh, books of, of religions and sects, and only then we can judge. I don't think that this is something that a human should do. I think that um, revelation should be something very simple, very straightforward, very direct. I think that the God who does, does not want to fool us would reveal everything. I, I would say even that there are Muslims who have read the Quran. Sorry, not Muslims. There are ex-Muslims. There are people who have read the Quran. Or at least they say that they have read the Quran. And they have reached a, a very different conclusion than Muhammad. They, uh, they would say that even the Quran itself contains uh, things which are uh, extreme or immoral. Um, Tell me one. Things. Things like cutting the hands of thieves, for example, that's very harsh. I mean, that's very that's harsh. It's that that's harsh, like stoning and burning people. I think that's, where's the stoning in the Quran? Where's the burning? In the Quran? I, oh no, I I didn't say that there is stoning in the Quran. So you're just waffling, coming down on fifteen no, no, seconds. No, 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 I I, so I don't think I'm waffling. I, I gave an example of the Quran about cutting the hands of thieves. That that exists that. in the Quran. Will you say not? 
All right, that's time. Yes, that does. So in the interest okay. of fairness, oh, uh, Muhammad, I'm going to give you a minute and 15 on the clock. We're going to go back and forth that. like that if you guys want. Just uh, try to sure, sure. keep it. I'm going to need less than that. All right. One, All right. one there's, a, there's a form of you measuring where things are applicable when things aren't because there is the mercy of the religion. That's one. Two, there's no stoning, burning, or any of the other things you listed other than the cutting of the hands, which I want to address. But uh, here's the interesting point. I never told you to read the Quran in Arabic, but I didn't go and start a debate with Hindus and I didn't read their books or material. I'm telling you, if you're coming to a debate to talk to Muslims about Islam, at least read their books so you know what you're debating. You can't come to me and say, well, oh, well, ex-Muslims said about burning witches or burning... I have read parts of the Sirah and the Hadith. And, okay, but that's not that's not the main source. One second. Now, here's the thing. How many people in the government, they go embezzle people's uh, pension funds and government funds, or I mean, like pension funds and their education funds, and they take people's homes without rights, and they'll take people's taxes and steal it. Those are the people where you would apply the cutting of the hands for, for embezzling millions and billions of people. Wow. The people who are like stealing for food, that's not where you apply that. And God literally says that if somebody corrects himself, then God is for, for forgivable, uh, forgiving and merciful. You that's steal, time. you correct yourself, you don't lose your hand. All right. Minute 15 for you. You are on the floor there, Ben. Um, I have seen much harsher interpretations. And I've seen images and videos of, of disgusting things done by Muslims that Muhammad would consider uh, harijis or, or extremists. Um, harsh punishments, not only cutting of hands, but, uh, but other things based on the Sirah and the Hadith, as far as I can tell. And uh, the, 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 the nice version Islam. still has 40 seconds. The nice, the nice version of, of, of Islam that Muhammad's promote that Muhammad promotes is very strange to me, I gotta say. It's very, it's very surprising in a good sense, but it's also quite strange to me, I gotta say. All right, seems you see there. You can have another minute. Well, that, that's that's the problem, brother. I, and I understand this. A lot of people have this really bad, negative, extremist view of a book that does not say any of the stuff. They're taking it all from this weird mentality that came not from during Prophet Muhammad's time, not during the Umayyads, but even the Abbasid. That is when a lot of these hadiths were documented. I'll give you an example. If you're looking into the hadith, there's the main book, which is called Bukhari, Sahih Bukhari. Sahih. Bukhari is, he's the one who wrote these hadith. He memorized, this is what they say, you can look this up. He memorized 600,000 hadith, but only recorded 7,000. So what happened to the other 94%? They were all lies and garbage. They're all lies and garbage. But even the 7,000, they just, they don't align with the Quran, most of them. So this is why, it's this is what ruined that community. That's what ruined the, the as like an Arabic word, as, uh, like the, the actual, like like the, the power and the might that came with this religion. Are the religion again, again, I am, 15 uh, seconds. Again, oh, again I am surprised. Again, I am surprised. That, again, I I meet Muslims on a daily basis. I've, I, I've almost never met a Muslim who will reject the Sirah and let alone the Hadith. I, I will just go to a few points I wrote here. Um, um, I've no, I, I don't have anything else to add right now. No, yeah, okay. Well, let me just to push a little bit more just so you understand why we reject those things. Now, okay. God is saying that He 
created a perfect system for us to understand. And he gave us a book that is completely detailing all of this. So there's examples in the Quran where you need to use your intellect and your reason, right? God says this a lot in the Quran. Do they not reason? Do they not use their logic? Do they not reason? Okay. So reasoning and understanding what's going around is very important. So, for example, like in this conversation, I understand that you don't know. So God says, like, when people who don't know or have ignorance in them, say peace and carry on. So to me, there's no point of fighting you and going up and need no. Just give you peace. Try to carry on the conversation. And then at that point, between you and your Lord, you're going to go investigate what I said. That's how Islam truly works. I don't need to force anything on you because I can't guide you. God guides you with his words. So if I said something that intrigued you, you go look, maybe you find a better way of living. So, but when you come down to the Hadith and Sirah, there isn't a single book about reason or logic. In fact, they tell you, you're not allowed to use your reason. What's your logic? You're going to go against the scholars and what the scholars have been saying? Yeah, because the scholars are wrong. But you're not allowed. That's the problem. So they inhibit free thinking. They, They inhibit free speech. Okay, um, I would say that um, other Muslims would claim, the majority of Muslims would claim that to make sense of the Quran, you have to use the Sirah, you have to use the Hadith. The Hadith are quotations of Muhammad that allows you to understand the Quran in the best way possible. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, do get, I do get that there are different opinions. I respect that greatly. I respect your way of understanding the Quran greatly. I got to tell you that. Um, but if you, if you watch the, my videos... I respect I, I respect the way of the Druze, for example. I respect the way of the Druze okay. of, of understanding the Quran. I respect the, the, the respect that Baha'is have to, to, to the Quran when they interpret it without the, the traditionalist uh, approaches of the Sirah and Hadith. But... Then again, I don't know how Quranist Muslim Quranist Muslims do it. I don't know how, how people who totally reject the Syrian Hadith, everything of the Syrian Hadith do it. I know that the majority of Muslims do criticize it in a very, very brutal manner. I mean, uh, many Muslims, I would not say the majority. No, no, I'm not saying the majority. I would say many Muslims. In the world, right. we do have to um, give them a want chance. To, here, so let's, uh, want to kill apostates, up. want to kill apostates, and things like that, which are very brutal, in my in my knowledge. Yeah, but the Quran tells you do not kill the apostates. There's no compulsion in religion, and God says that if somebody leaves his religion and dies while he's an apostate, then God will deal with them. And there's people who believed, disbelieved, and then believed again. If I have to kill you when disbelieving, then you don't get a chance of believing again. But here's the thing, okay? So it's, it's to me, the name of the prophet's wife is irrelevant to me in this day and age. To me, it's irrelevant what Prophet Muhammad said to Omar. And these are all completely irrelevant to me as a human being in the 21st century of what I need to do as my relationship with God, okay? I don't need to know this, the whole concept of the sirah to understand the Quran. You really don't need any of that information. You just need to see how it applies to you in this day and age. And again, in every situation that you you find yourself in, there is a verse explaining to you how to react and how to talk. So like there's a verse that's very nice and it comes to mind. Like uh, tell my servants who believed that like to forgive against those people that don't want the days of God. So for me, even if I'm crossed, 
I have to forgive the person because that's more calling towards peace. But if somebody comes hits me, I have the right to hit them back and that's it. But if I forgive them, that's even better. So you see, there's a lot of things that they're not teaching you because they just want to follow a cult. That, they're not following that sounds That sounds quite Jewish when you said there, but... <laughs> Except the forgiveness uh, then, part. Okay, um, maybe. Uh, I will tell you that um, most Muslims believe, in, as you know well, as you know very well, most Muslims believe in abrogation. They would say that the this, this quote, there is no... Um, Compulsion in religion has been abrogated by later verses. We see Muslims say it time and again. So, you know, it's very nice to meet someone who does not believe that. But uh, and, and I agree with you that uh, we we have free will. We can choose religion, irreligion, and uh, we will have consequences, whatever the cons right. con consequences will be. But, you know, most yeah, Muslims, I agree. the vast majority of Muslims just don't think this way. And I would like to know from you why they don't think this way. Why most Muslims, if it's so simple and clear as you say, that the Quran, the Quran, it, the Quran itself tells you is it's it's like a person talking to you and telling you you don't need the zero, you don't need the hadith, just follow me myself. Right. I mean, exactly. if it's so simple, then please explain to me why I don't know well, 1.8 billion Muslims don't believe this way. Well, because you could also see how two billion. Christians also think that God has a son, which that, that logically doesn't make sense. But to go back to the okay. questions that you're asking, so uh, I, I can talk about abrogation, but there's a verse in chapter 12 that God says, so The majority of them will not believe in God except if they are idolaters. So they people, for to believe in God, they always find a thing to idolize. So in this day and age, after 1,400 years after the prophet, they're believing in God and idolizing the prophet. They want to be a copycat to the prophet. But if God wanted everybody to wear a white dress and speak Arabic and wear a white hat, then everybody would have been Arabian. But the, the whole point of the religion is to not idolize, is to find your way in life and to be the best person you can be. So for example, Ben, you might be destined to be a, uh, a lawyer who hates dates. Well, Prophet Muhammad used to love dates and he was not a lawyer. So does that mean that you cannot now be a proper Muslim because you can't eat dates and you want to be a lawyer? No. So everybody has their own destiny in their own community. And this is what the Quran is teaching you. But the seerah okay. and the hadith and all this other nonsense that they attributed inhibits growth. And this is what killed the Muslim community after what they say the Islamic age. There's a, there's a sect that disappeared from history except That's a little sense. bit were called the Mu'tazila. You should look into them. And they rejected the I, I, I've learned about that. The rationalists of Islam, I've learned about them. The rationalists, and exactly. I, I, I think that their uh, heritage is now found in uh, in the Ibadi, mostly in the Ibadi sect. Maybe I'm mm. wrong. I don't know. No. Uh, I, would say, I would say this. A Shia. I, I, I would say this. Uh, I fully agree with you that there is a problem that we see in Judaism, in Christianity, in Islam, that uh, people tend to really idolize um, what they name as prophets or, or messengers. And uh, we can see that in Buddhism as well. I believe um, in the eternal way of the Buddhas, anywhere, anytime in the universe, all of the Buddhas who came to enlightenment by suffering, all of the Alhatas who have understood the closest they can understand what the Buddhas teach by, by the power of logic and reason. I believe their way, and I do see many people tend to idolize them. 
these Buddhas tend to idolize Siddhartha Gautama the Buddha, peace be upon him, or, or other people who have been claimed to be Buddhas and, you know, praying towards their statues and things like that. But I don't believe yeah. that. I believe that we should follow a good way that they have led, that they, they, they've gave, they, that they gave us, and we should not idolize the peoples, the peoples themselves. Perfect. And that way that you're talking about is literally what Islam is. People are idolizing the character instead of idol, uh, understanding and following the way. The way is but, what Islam is. That's it. That's but you, you don't, literally but, explained it. But you don't see things like um, hijab or cutting of hands. Not, I'm not comparing. I mean, I know many women do hijab on their own will. I'm not comparing. I just say that you don't see many things that you see in Quranist Islam, even. In Buddhism, you don't see, I think, uh, veils. You don't see harsh punishments like cutting hands of thieves. You don't see, uh, again, you say it's not part of it, but killing of no. apostates. I mean, you, you don't see these things in, in, uh, in, in Buddhism. You don't see sects trying to eliminate one another in Buddhism. I think the Theravada and the Mahayana do quite well for, for basically 2,600 years. While Shias and, and, and uh, Sunnis, you know, butchering each other for, for, yeah. for 1,400 years. Right. Well, that's the problem. So God says to you, like says in the Quran, like the, the, the thing that is not forgivable that you will suffer for is associating something to God or idolatry, like being okay. an associate or a mushrik. Now, one thing that God said, do not become sects, do not become sectarians, because then you would be a mushrik. And those who cut up their religions and became sects, the prophet has nothing to do with them. This is literally written in the Quran. Well, right? so, exactly. That's a revolution, man. <laughs> that's the problem so that the reason why they're killing each other is because they left the religion they're just following the cult and their assumptions but the quran is telling them that you at this point you've left the right path now you did mention something about uh yeah like the the quran has a laws of dealing with certain events that you don't find in buddhism but yet you find like the jews being even harsher than the christians having well the christians don't really uphold much of what they say except a certain group of them but that's god also explained this that he caused for different communities to have different curriculums. And these curriculums are for that community who's following that way of path or that style of submission, okay? And the reason why God put many curriculums is to test each other on how to be people deal with each other. So for me, again, apostasy is not something that I talk about because you don't kill an apostate. You might have a chance. But for me to cut a hand off, yeah, but I'm not going to cut a little kid's hand for stealing. I'm going to cut the habitual thief or a person who caused a lot of harm that he can't repay back. Why not jail him? Why not jail him? Why, why, why not send him to a psychiatric treatment? Why not uh, Why not maybe even thinking that he might be demon-possessed? I don't know. And try some kind of spiritual therapy. Because we could do the trial and error or we can go and submit to what we believe God said is the best for humanity. So, for example, like whipping some—that's that's how we know it's from God. It's not because of one verse. Oh, it's not because I, I of think, one verse. I think you are confusing belief with uh, with clear knowledge and very clear cognitive um, situation that you know that something is really yes. that is. Uh, yes, yes, I, we I, do. Uh, let me explain. I, 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 let's give Muhammad a chance. I, okay. 
Let me explain yeah, how. Please, 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 please. God told me that those that don't believe in the day of judgment, they have a problem with hearing and listening. So they are not able to follow what a person says. Now, another thing is God said that the people who have goodness in their heart, God grants them wisdom and knowledge. And that's how he does with people who are good hearted. I see that reflected in the reality in front of me. The God tells me how to use the wisdom against people where they're even witnessing upon themselves that they lost or they made a point that's incorrect, but they can't see it because God said there's a veil on their eyes. They're blind to it. And the other thing is when God's verses are recited to certain people, they just cannot grasp it and they can't understand it. It's because of their hate in their heart of a certain topic. So I could That's... see this constantly in front of me and how I'm dealing with it is aligning with the book. Yes, you can find that on your own, but God made it extremely easy with the Quran. And other than that, the way God has defined what God is, and this is a problem that you find with the Christians, they cannot define God. But the Quran is very clear on the definition of God. And logically, it always dominates. It extremely always dominates. And I can give you examples. Um, is the domination of logic is what makes the Quran from God. It never loses. Um, it you, never said a loses. Very, you said a very inter interesting thing there. You said that we can reach truth by trial and error. Or we can reach truth by Quran. Is, is that correct? Correct, because the truth is the truth. Um, and people and people submitted to God before the Quran. And people found the truth before the Quran. Okay, so so okay, that, that's lead me to ask, then why do you need the Quran? I mean, if 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 humans can gather around and say, you know, this is the truth, we gotta live by that, we have governments, we can apply that. With today's technology, it has become easier than than any I anytime. understand your question. Uh, let, why let why why not do it that way? Uh, if it's well, be if because it's God has ben told wrap, us. Let's let Ben wrap up his thought there and his question. Well, carry on, Ben. No, no, that, that's that's all I'm asking. There is oh, another sorry. topic I want to touch. Uh, there is a there is another topic I want to touch after that, which is the the critical let, let me uh, answer research the first of the Quran. Yeah, please go. Sure. go so the first question that you asked is uh, is why do we need the Quran if the humanity can get come together? Well, humanity used to be as a single entity, used to be one community, which was uh, in the Middle East, and people started to differ. So God sent the prophets and brought down the books to them so that God would judge between the people what they used to differ in. And people kept differing. So God used to uh, brought down the books again, or the book again down to different prophets so that they would judge what they're differing in. But yes, the truth was prevalent before the books. But people but, well, just well, keep differing. So God's mercy is telling us the truth at this point. That's why we need the Quran. And, and sorry, to answer about the trial and error, I could sit here and try with all sorts of things, destroy my body, destroy my mind, give myself psychological problems, give myself uh, societal problems, maybe end up in jail, maybe end up hurt, and then realize the way of being a good human being. Or I could read the Quran and avoid all that trial and error. Okay. Um, I would say that, in my opinion, a God that would not like to fool humans would give them uh, the, the truth, whatever that is, um, anywhere, anytime. Even when they are babies, they will know the truth. Since the moment of birth until death, they will know the truth. They will act by it. Um, they will have free will. They could sin, let's say, but they will have the truth embedded in them. I don't think that you need prophets and books to do that. I haven't seen good evidence 
that you need prophets and books or, or proxies, let's say, to do that, especially not an angel who delivers that to a prophet. I think that a God can do that directly. And well, you see, you be... just said a quote in the Quran. You literally just said, and they and they say, why doesn't God send an angel? Well, when God sends okay. an angel and you see an angel, at that point, it's game over because I, you've seen. I haven't existed. seen an angel. I, I know, but when angel. you see the angel, at that point, there's no more. There's no more debating or talking. You've lost. I That's I don't the, understand the, that claim. The day God allows you to see a single angel in His form, at that point, your test is over, and you have lost. Like you, you have now clear proof of God's existence. You have clear proofs of the angels, and you have clear proofs that what God has revealed in the books is truth. It's game over for I, you. No, no, God I, but, but, says I, but, I, but I, but I did not say anything about angels. I said only about a God that revealed Himself directly to humans. I think that this can be done. It can be done simply. A God yeah. can do it uh, without uh, much effort, and that's it. I, and again, there's a verse in the Quran that says that the children of Israel asked Moses, we're not going to believe into you until we see God outright. And then God right. sent a strike and hit the children of Israel with it because he's telling them, when you're asking this, you are asking a question that is pushing you into disbelief. When God reveals himself, it is game over at this point. There is no more test. You I... are going through doubts. You are going through doubts. That's the question. The question is, are you willing to believe in the unseen? Or do you have to see okay, it to believe okay. it? So because okay, you're not I, willing to believe in the unseen, then you failed. Well, but if um, you're willing to have some faith and believe in the unseen, then the Quran guides you. That's how that's, it works. That's a Quranist or a Muslim approach. I would say that I don't know that from uh, Judaism and Christianity. I know that in Judaism and Christianity, one of the things that have made Moses and Jesus so um, believable is, is, is miracles. Um, people rightly said, we want to see miracles. We want to see that you, you got these powers from a God. We don't even need an angel for that. Just you do these things that God will, um, have made possible for you to do. But, you know, it's, it's a matter of, of approaches. I haven't seen any evidence of any of that really happening uh, to me, stories like like that can 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 be created, tailored, and 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 waved, and and embedded, and uh, just be created uh, through different processes over long periods of time. Well, God does give you a challenge in the Quran that if you bring all of humanity and you bring even the demons and try to together to bring a book like the Quran and you won't. And this is including the Arabic literacy and the way that it's expressing itself. Because you say the same about the Torah. You don't need well the problem is the Torah does have some issues. And the Quran tells me to believe in a Torah. I'm not telling well, you to uh, believe in the Torah. But here's uh, the thing. Let me finish yeah, 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 wrap up his point there. He had some other things. Oh, so I believe in the Torah. I believe in the Torah, but the Quran supersedes the Torah and the Quran is correcting the issues that they made. One very easy example is the Torah says that the brother of Moses, Aaron, he built the golden calf to make the people worship the golden calf. But the Quran says, no, it wasn't Aaron. It was a, a Samaritan. The Samaritan built it. So God is clearly uh, giving, like removing the guilt out of Aaron and he's putting it back on a, a, a person from the children of Israel, a Samaritan. Now, okay. the thing is, 
The Jews who were responsible for writing down these narratives, they wrote it incorrectly to put the prophet down, to make the prophet look bad, to make the prophet look evil. So this is the things where the Quran comes in play to help with these what differences. Um, okay, I would and, say and that me, the... Well, just yeah, to wrap yeah. up the point, there is a verse that says, uh, and this Quran dictates to the children of Israel much of what they used to differ in. So Jesus is a Messiah. Aaron didn't build the calf. Solomon did not disbelieve and start to worship women. Um, the Sabbath is only for those people who differed with Abraham. There's a lot of things that there's, it's not a red cow, the thing that they're having a problem right now in Jerusalem. It's actually a yellow cow. Yeah, I know cow. about that. I know, but it's but a yellow cow. It's that. not a red cow. So it's there's a yeah. lot of things where the Quran is telling you the truth. Okay, um, this is a Muslim perspective. I would say that this is not a Jewish perspective. Um, and I would also say that within Judaism, uh, you can find different approaches. You can find, I don't know if you heard about the Karai Jews. Have you ever heard yeah. about the Karai Jews? Yeah. yeah, I know the Karai so, Jews. So, they're, they're yeah, so, yeah, so so you can say that there are rabbinite approaches, there are Karaite approaches, yeah, there are reform true. approaches, there are many approaches. Um, um so you know like saying the Unitarian that, Christians those are also brothers they're, they're saying okay 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 yes I I know where are you coming from there uh I would say that uh anyway this is a Muslim claim um I'm looking for evidence um which is simple and clear to anyone which does not have any differings I I believe that this is the best evidence but you know about both the Torah and the Quran, I would say that there is, that besides the religious approaches, there is also the critical approaches. There is also the critical research on the, on the Torah, on the New Testament, on the Quran, on all of these books, you can find researchers who will tell you, well, there were edits. We know that the Torah, we, it's, it, we, know that, we know today that it's not correct to say that we have just one Torah, we have four Torahs. We have a, a Masoretic, the Rabbanite Karaite version. We have a Samaritan version. We have a Essene version of the Dead Sea Scrolls. We also have the Septuagint, the, the Pentateuch version in every Christian church. All of these are different, in, in, in mostly in letters and, and phrasings, but sometimes even in chapters. Right. So I, I would say that the, that the critical research would say similar things about the Quran. It would say that there was a compilation of the Quran there was a process there with uh, Uthman ibn Affan um, compiling his own, uh, you know, unique uh, version. And um, these are approaches that, in my opinion, should be taken seriously. Ben, well, there, there's a few things that you said there that I'd like to address. And this is, again, uh, I think we've already covered the topic of Islam true because you've already said that these good people that came, they had a proper way and we should follow their way instead of idolizing them, which is what essentially what Islam is. But uh, to answer your question... I, I don't think so. That's all Islam, even, but okay. Even, even even well, you haven't defined Islam, but even in Western academia, they talk about the preservation of the Quran in a way where it is very evident that the Quran has not changed in the last 1,300 to 1,400 years now. From a Quran alone perspective where I'm taking the word of God as literal truth, God clearly states that, one, they had the ability to write during the prophet's time. So the longest verse in the Quran, which is in chapter 2, God is saying that if you are 
going to take a loan from somebody to write it down and to write down how much you're going to pay back and when you're going to pay it back. And there's going to be witnesses to this contract that you're writing down. So they clearly had the ability to write down contracts. So why would they write down contracts and not write the most important message to humanity in the last uh, two millenniums, right? Now, with that said, uh, there's also verses where Prophet Muhammad is literally, uh, God is telling Prophet Muhammad, well, you did not used to recite a book before it, nor did you write one down with your right hand. Because then they would have said that you were making it up. But he suddenly started to recite a book and write one down. So the actual writing of the Quran, the preservation of the Quran was done during the time of the Prophet. And everyone after the Prophet, they just propagated it. Because this is the only miracle that Prophet Muhammad is attributed to, is this book that did not change. Because that, there's no other book a... in history that went through this. And again, okay. I can I can bring you the Western Academia who's saying the exact same thing. Uh, I just I know his name, but I don't want to say it and I don't want to butcher it. Um, but he's a he's a he's a Scandinavian um, um, doctor. I, okay. I, I don't want to try, but I'll, I'll get his name. Bam. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Just do it. It's fine. You know. Because no. <laughs> I respect him. I, I respect I, him. Oh, lot, it's so. okay. <laughs> We all make mistakes, but yeah, no, it's better just to have the ideas. So let's carry on. So I believe it's Marian Van Putin. Marian Mar Marian Van Putin. He's a he's a Quranic, uh, and he's not a Muslim. He's a he's a Western academia who will tell you that yes, the Quran went into a very rigorous proofing that it is as it was during the time of the Prophet. Yes, the changing the ordering has been changed. The it's not in a chronological order, but the actual words and the preservation is all there. Okay. Um, what I what I wanted to say is that um, I need. I think that I need something much clearer. You need to read the No, 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 <laughs> oh, 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 no, 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 no. The, the, the first, the first thing, the, the first Sorry. thing I wanted to say. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm. A little bit struggling with the English, but uh, I will try to say it the best I can. The first thing I do have a definition of Islam, I think, I think, and my definition of Islam is um, is not submission. Uh, I know a little bit about ancient Hebrew, and I would say that Islam would be the ancient Hebrew hashlama, which means completion, not submission. It would be to complete, to be, to be complete, or to, or, or, or completion with the Sunnah of Muhammad and the will of Allah. Nahnu lahum muslimun. Nahnu lahum muslimin. We are completing for them. We complete with what they tell us to do, Muhammad and Allah. No. So, in 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 my understanding, Islam is ashlama, is completion. Just okay. complete with, with what they say and go on. Okay, the go by the Sunnah, go by the Quran. Nahnu lahu muslimun. When lahu is singular. If it's Prophet Muhammad, Sunnah and God, nahnu lahuma muslimun. Which would make okay. it a duality. I, uh, There's another yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't know Listen. Arabic. I don't know Arabic. I, I know, I know. And you're defining an Arabic word, Islam, which comes from sin, which comes from submission or surrender or peace even. But it's more so here in the way that it's uh, like written, it would be submission or surrendering. Now, here's the other thing that I want to 
put into your thing. I think the first verse of the Torah is Barashit bara Elohim Hashaya Elohim yeah, uh, was good. So Elohim here is plural, but it's still a singular God. And God also uses the royal we in the Quran. Nahm, we. But it's a okay, singular. Okay. But, okay. but when he's talking about submitting, it's always singular. It's he's not using uh, the royal we. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yes, yes. Um, I, I appreciate that you're 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 honest with what is presented to you, and this is something that's very uh, commendable. Yes, uh, thank you. Um, so I would uh, say this. I would say that um, I personally tend to think that we humans need something which is way clearer. I could say that Buddhism is a very, very simple religion because, you know, I hear many Muslims uh, say that Islam is a very simple religion. I don't think that Islam is simple at all. I, I think that the Quran is a very long and complex book. I would say I would say something that might might uh, surprise you. I would say that the Torah is comprised of about uh, three hundred thousand Hebrew letters, and the Quran is also comprised by something like three hundred thousand and twenty-seven letters, something like that. It's like three hundred thousand letters. In Hebrew for the Torah and in Arabic for the Quran, something something of that magnitude, approximately, approximately. So these are giant books. These are complex books. These are books that are, that are written in in very ancient forms of their languages. Uh, it's not simple. And and you know, your version of Islam seems to me much simpler than than the versions I hear about every day. And then in YouTube, I just open YouTube, I see all of those dies, you know, that uh, that present a very, very different Islam than you are presenting. And that's uh, something um, worth noting. Well, just uh, no, before you respond there, Mohammed, um, we we just went over. Uh, yeah, we're almost about to hit what an hour and ten here. Uh, it seems like we're about to go down a new path. I'm totally cool with that. If you guys want to, uh, you know, take a second for anything, if you need to get a drink or anything else, uh, that's totally cool. But I do want to know if you guys have any time uh, constrictions, oh, I agree. Uh, or if you if you'd like to just keep carrying on, because it seems like we're about to go into a new thing. But I did want to let you know if you do have time constrictions. Uh, that we do have some Q&A uh, coming up. So I do want to give you a chance to respond, of course, but, uh, uh, you know, are you guys good to keep going for, like, maybe another... How, how are you guys feeling? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm maybe... Okay. But I think maybe. it's late for Ben. No, no, oh, it's it's fine for me. I, uh, it's, it's fine, I'm... Yeah, we can go for fine, another hour. Fine. That's fine. I'm I'm fine with it. I'm uh, just saying, like, I want to let you guys know that uh, I don't want to no, accidentally no, I, keep you guys here longer than you intended. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that we should do like uh, about uh, 10 more minutes of discussion and then uh, move on. I would say, um, yeah, I will let uh, Muhammad respond and then I, I will respond. Maybe. Okay. Is that okay? So, Is that okay? That sounds great. We'll start the 10 minutes after you uh, respond to that uh, last statement there, Muhammad. Sure. It's all good. Uh, so there is a verse in the Quran that God says that the majority of the people are hateful towards the truth, that people hate the truth. So when you're talking about these da'is that are propagating the Sunni religion and the Shia religion, when we present to them, like literally just saying verses from the Quran to them, 
they still call us disbelievers. They call us apostates. They call us all sorts of things. So there's many da'is that I sat there and they literally tell me, I would rather talk to an atheist than a Quranist, which makes absolutely no sense. And there's verses in the Quran that says like, well, are you guys taking revenge? And this is what we say to them, the verses is, do you take revenge to us that we believed in God and the book that he revealed to us? Or do you, or do you hate us because we're just submitted to God? And there's verses that like help us with these discussions. And this is why I, I truly see like, like to me, the biggest proof of the Quran literally being the most dominant ideology when it comes to religion and everything really, is the fact that the Quran destroys the Sunni and the Shias right in front of me. So when they say something, I just say a verse to them and you see I'm like now trying to argue with falsehood. And this is where I, you can, I have a channel, uh, Muhammad from God, you could go and see all the debates with them. They always crumble because they cannot stand against the Quran when with whatever lies and nonsense they're saying. So when they're saying that, oh, there's 73 sects and only one is saved, God said that if you're a sect, then you're not saved. <laughs> it's a very simple thing. Uh, well, and then uh, to say, yeah. right. So, so the, the uh, idea of Islam is very simple. It's not a complicated, and God literally says it. And He did not make the the, uh, and He did not make any like a humiliation in the religion, or did He make the religion tough for anyone? And that is the right. view of Abraham. And we're told to follow Abraham, not to follow Muhammad. Like we're supposed to follow the creed of Abraham, and Muhammad is our, our leader, but Muhammad is following Abraham. So that's why it's an Abrahamic religion. I think that a little bit proves what I said in the start that um, the it is it is indeed a, a Abami religion and Abam is is basically the initial prophet. Ben, um, let me, let me, Adam 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 came way before Abraham and Noah came way before Abraham and we're told that it's yeah, Abraham's religion yes, because but, Abraham did it better than all of them. But one second, one second. To okay, us okay. Christians, Jews, Sunnis and Shias, all of them are not following Abraham. Because God literally okay. says, God, God says in the Quran, Abraham was not a Jew, was not a Christian, and what is not an ideal uh, idolater, he was a submitter or a Muslim, Hanifan, like monotheistically and orthodoxly, and he was not from the uh, Mushrikun, the idolaters. All so, right, all right. My, so it's my response, my response to all of that is that I look for something even clearer, something that doesn't have so much disagreement, I find it, I find the best bet to be Buddhism, I believe, as I've said, in the way of the Buddhas, anywhere and any time in the universe, the message of lowering suffering of beings, humans or otherwise, as much as possible, as long as we survive, as long as we have the means to do that, we have to do that. I believe that a religion should have such a simple message that it doesn't need to have uh, a giant book to, to distribute that message. And I find that happening in Buddhism. I find that happening in Buddhism. That, that's my final uh, closing statement. I would really recommend for you to read the Quran and you could see how much okay. the Quran repeats itself, but always adds a small niche for more understanding. So the okay. amount of times that, don't you see how God brings the water down to bring the life back to earth? That is how you're going to be resurrected. And uh, those that... According if you to Islam, them, yes. According to Islam, according... Yes, if it's from God, then that's what God has said. But I'm saying that there's a lot of concepts... According to Islam. Islam. No, it's, it's very important to say this is according to Islam that that's what God said. Not according to defining, Buddhists. If, not, a God, not according but, to the Jews and Christians, for example. 
Jews and Christians believe in a resurrection. And not all of the Jews. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but the Jews believe in not necessarily like in Islam, but okay, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. I'm, I'm saying like, don't you see how God has brought a dead earth to life? That is how you're going to come back to life. I, I, I don't in, know what another you mean second. by that. Okay, so uh, you were nothing and you came to life. To God, to bring you back to life is very simple. Because it no, no, only I, occurred I, once. Right? I, I, I don't, I don't believe. No, no, I, I, I don't believe that I was nothing. I believe that I, I am a consciousness that either so you were was created was created in initially, either was created initially, or is a conversion of another consciousness, and I, I came it, but... to be that consciousness in that body, in that planet, in this place, and I'm following uh, an eternal and and all all. Um, and you were non-existent, and, and the way and the way that that exists. Any, anywhere you can find it. Sorry. Then you were non-existing at one point, right? Um, not as myself, for sure. Okay, but I believe that not... my consciousness, my consciousness but was so your consciousness another is consciousness. You believe um, consciousness maybe so. Infinite? Maybe so. Maybe so. I don't know. What does your if the cosmos, if the cosmos and the universe is infinite, then I I would say that some conscious that some mm, consciousnesses might be uh, infinite. It cannot be infinite if it had a starting point. Um, Space and time. Yes, but I, I, I I'm talking I'm talking about the sequence. I'm talking about the sequence. That sequence started some some time, but right. it might go on forever. That's what I'm. So we're to, we're taught we're taught that God is the only entity that did not have a start. Everything else had a start. But the point that I was trying to make is that you became into existence. You're going to be removed from this reality, this existence. To God to bring you back, that's very easy. Well, it's not very, the way it works in Buddhism. It's not the way it well, works in Buddhism. You, you were talking about reincarnation. So you're going to be reincarnated. That's you coming back to this physical reality. Which Yes, but not, not according, to, not as described in Islam. No, of course, but it's still the concept of reanimating. That's still okay. existing in both of them. We don't defer but, there. But what I was trying to explain to you earlier is that the Quran is not, it's 604 pages, but it's not a new word, a new topic on every page. A lot of it is repeating okay. itself. So the person gets programmed. It's a form of programming. And when, for I, example, I, like Moses, okay. Moses, the story of Moses is repeated the most in the Quran. Moses is the most repeated name in the Quran. Yeah, I don't like repetitions much. I don't like repetitions very much. You you repeat to, to learn. You have to repeat to learn. You don't learn something by hearing it one time or reading it one um, time. That's it. Nobody, nobody fixes a car one time and now he's a master. Well, I, I, I won't speak for... I, I would say that uh, indeed it's not true for myself, but I won't speak for others. <laughs> okay, but that's that's a form of arrogance. Everybody learns the same. No, way. no, no. I, I, I'm not arrogant. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not arrogant at all. I say that yes. I sometimes need to repeat on things to learn them. I, I, but <laughs> I won't speak for others who might not need to repeat them. Maybe they are sharper than me. So I'm not being arrogant at all. I understand. Trying to be humble. I, I, I understand yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so, but in in short. The point that I was making is the Quran is not as a long read as you as you think. There was a gentleman that he made a YouTube video. He read the whole Quran in 19 hours in one sitting, and he learned a lot. Like he <sighs> said that you know what, following that's, following ten, following your desires, following your desires is not the way of life. And he he is happy that the Quran stresses that you have to take care I, of your appearance. There's a lot I, of 
positive things of submission because this is the system of God that makes you feel really good about yourself and makes you a good man and makes you a good woman if you're a woman and makes you a strong member of the community where people respect you because you're not lying. You are bringing positivity to the world and you're bringing a positive change to everyone around you. That is not what Islam is. I, I would like to say one more thing. I think we have to go to Q&A, but I would like to say one more thing, one more short, mm-hmm. very short thing. I think you can find a very similar concept in Buddhism, in the Four Noble, noble Truths. Um, for example, the Noble Truth of Suffering. We have to acknowledge that there is suffering all around us. And um, the Noble Truth of um going above our animalistic tendencies and yep, destructive thoughts well. and and the, the the noble truth of prevention of suffering and the noble truth of the eightfold path but that's you know that's for uh for another for a longer forum uh that's what mm-hmm. i would say so we have a point of agreement i believe on many things yes, yes we have common grounds yes the, the truth is one Right. Well, I think the things that we differed was the uh, point of resurrection and reincarnation, uh, maybe about yeah. certain things about more morality of what you believe is moral based on what God wants in his system. But yeah, I do agree with you where like the desire uh, following your desires and temptation is not good. Uh, there's a proper moral path that one should take uh, to find himself. Uh, when you're talking about suffering, that in suffering, what we would call that as effort, which would go back to jihad which you have to suffer within yourself the most to change yourself into a human being, which in return, you also... Well, jihad is a very complicated topic. I would keep it for for maybe for another debate. Um, there's then, the uh, form of jihad and I, there's the Islamic. I, I, uh, well, that's that's uh, a claim of a Quranist right there. I would say yeah. this, I would say this. Um, we have many points of agreement, and I would say that... Um, Things that we do not agree on are also our attitudes to books, how we understand books or, or religious texts, and uh, what our relations to the critical research from from the from the academia. I don't know if we agree there. Maybe we agree there a lot as well. I don't know. Uh, so that's basically all I have to say, and I'm ready for the QA Q and A. Yeah, you got it. Uh, anything else you want to say before we jump into the Q and A, there, Mohammed? No, uh, I think I think we've covered uh, the grounds that I wanted to cover. All right, you got it. All right, you heard it there, guys. We're going to jump into the old Q&A. Uh, so get some super chats in there, and we will read them out, and uh, our speakers will interact with you directly live here on Modern Day Debate. Uh, hit that like button if you haven't already, and we're going to start out with a Modern Day Debate classic, Stupid Whore Energy. Biden Harris 2024 says, how does Islam reconcile the concept of free will with the belief in divine precedence, pres, predit, predis, oh my goodness, I, can, I cannot say this, predestination, yeah. there we go, there should be a dash there, I'm so sorry, I was like, predestination, there we go, Kadar, she says, so yeah. I, I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure I've understood the question, can you please repeat it? Yeah, sorry, I, I butchered it, stupid horror energy, that's all my fault so i'm gonna i'm gonna imagine that little hyphens there how does islam reconcile the concept of free will with the belief in divine predestination kadar question mark okay okay so uh what predestination is is god has uh god has already dictated the outcome for every action so if you hit your head off the wall you're going to get pain in your head which is telling you don't hit your head off the wall so the predestination is you're going to get pain. 
You choosing to hit your head on the wall, that's your choice. That's your free will. So you are the, the world around you has been already pre-programmed. Every input already has an output. Every path that you take already has an answer. But you're getting to pick whatever you decide. That's where the free will is. So if you're going to hell for your decisions, it's because you made those decisions. And that's the result of your decisions. So a very quick example is God said, those that get guided are the ones who want to reason, who want to listen and turn back to God in pondering. Those get guided. But if you want to just laugh and make fun of everything, then you're not going to get guided. And there's nothing in the world that will change that. Just like the example, if you hit your head on the wall, it's going to hurt. That's predestination. But it's not saying that you're going to hit your head on the wall and that's what God wrote for you. No, that's not what it is. You have free will. All right. Any thoughts there, uh, Ben, before we move on? I I didn't quite understand the question, to be honest. So I I prefer not to try to answer that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so it, I think the idea was divine predestination and how does Islam reconcile with it? So it, it was pretty much pointed towards Muhammad. So if you don't have any comments on yeah, what he yeah, said, yeah. let's just carry I, on. I don't, have, I don't have a comment about that. Though. I'm no, so no. sorry for butchering uh, your question originally there, uh, Superpower Energy. Let's carry on and keep the Super Chats coming in. Uh, let's uh, keep having fun with this. Michael Bell says, myths disprove Judaism, Christianity, Islam. What? Myths. Yeah, I didn't understand. That Disprove well. Judaism, Christianity, Islam. I'm not sure what you're getting at there, Michael Bell, and I think everybody else is confused. Yeah, yeah, you guys don't get because it either. It doesn't sound like a question. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a statement. Yeah, if yeah. you want to turn that into a question, uh, we'd be glad to uh, interact there, Michael. Uh, just uh, put your message in the live chat, and I'll keep an eye out for you in between. Uh, uh, the questions here. Stupid horror energy strikes again. Biden Harris 2024 says, why does Quran link Haman and Pharaoh Surah 28, 6, 28, 8, 40, 24, and 36 conflicting with the later biblical time of Haman? So oh, let's just serious. read that without the link there. Why does the Quran link Haman with Pharaoh conflict with later biblical time in uh, time of Haman. Well, because the Pharaoh that we're discussing in the Quran is not the same Pharaoh that they're trying to attribute to the Bible. So we believe, I believe the story of Moses, if we're just looking at historical events, is the one a little earlier than the ones that they want to attribute. So, uh, I mean, after they want to attribute. So Pharaoh here is just a general title rather than a single individual or like the whole individual set of the all the Pharaohs that came. God is talking about a, a specific Pharaoh that was found in the Red Sea because God said that he was going to preserve his body after he he uh, he um, drowned him. And they found evidence of a single Pharaoh that was found, casted off the Red Sea, who was drowned off the Red Sea, who also had a, a step, uh, I can't say it, it's like a, a thing that was recorded where he is, um, I can get the name, uh, where he, it's a steal where he says that the children of Israel or the seed of Israel has been casted to nothing. So he was punishing the children of Israel, which lines back with the, uh, with the Quranic narrative. So yeah, it's the Bible that got incorrect while the Quran is giving you enough proof that which Pharaoh it was and what time was Moses. Okay. Any thoughts over there, Ben, before we move on? Um, I'm not quite sure I understood the answer. I I would agree. I would say that I have heard of this um, 
criticism of the Quran, uh, of confusing Haman of the scroll of Esther with, uh, with one of the servants of Pharaoh, with one of the uh, adversaries of Pharaoh. And, um, you know, I, I'm not a Quran scholar. I, I, I just don't have any opinion about that. Uh, I, I, I tend to believe that this might, might have been a mistake in the edit of the Quran. Um, that's from the, at least, that, that is at least uh, a critical uh, stance from, from, you know, from people who, who are um, uh, knowledgeable with both the Hebrew Bible and the Quran, but I don't know about that beyond that. Well, I'm sorry, Ryan, let me just make it clear. Pharaoh is a title that applied to many people. And then uh, Amun, I believe, is also like the high priest is a title that applied to many people. So in the Bible, they want to talk about a certain Amun with a different Pharaoh. That That's possibly what happened. But I'm also trying to say that the Quran is talking about a different Pharaoh or like history is showing that the Pharaoh that was addressed uh, at the time of Moses is not the same Pharaoh that they're trying to attribute uh, in the biblical narrative. But uh, Amun Harun is a, is a title just like Pharaoh. It's not a person. Any thoughts over there, Ben, in response to uh, Muhammad there um, and his clarification? Or do that, you want to uh, that, carry on? That sounds to me, that sounds to me like uh, quite of a metaphorical um interpretation that's something that a quranist can do quranists i would say can indeed interpret the quran metaphorically sometimes um i again i'm not a quran quran scholar so i cannot add much beyond that okay let's carry on uh david says uh if the quran is so clear why are muslims debating the context and when is the revelation coming sounds like that girl i dated from another school uh, so to clarify, the first part of the question is, if the Quran is so clear, why are Muslims debating the context? And we'll ask the second question. Okay, so people are debating the context because they are either trying to put their own narratives or they're not coming with a sensible, uh, uh, open-minded worldview. Most of the time what you're seeing is people are twisting the narratives to make it about whatever they've been told. So the, for, their, for example, there's a verse in the Quran that states that and from the people, they buy uh, the amusement discord to delude from the way of people. So amusement discord is like a discourse, is, a, is words being exchanged by people. But then some people say, oh, that's talking about musical instruments. So musical instruments are now forbidden. But then they went, took a verse and applied it to musical instruments where nothing is being addressed about musical instruments. And it's actually talking about the word hadith. It's lahul hadith. It's like the amusement discourse. So this is where these problems occur. As someone said to them, oh, music is forbidden. And they need to now go find a verse to twist it to try and elude that music is forbidden. But that's not the case. So if someone is honest, he'll say, you know what? No, this verse is not talking about musical instrument. You guys are lying. But people are stubborn and people are like uh, very similar to what you see in many governments today. They just say a lie and they stick to it no matter what. All right, you got it. Uh, let's carry on uh, to the next part of the question. So let me just uh, refresh but that I, there. I just Go realized ahead. what I said. Sorry, I want to clarify something. I'm applying this to all the governments in the world because I, I understand. I just realized something. So just to not muddy the waters. 
That's <laughs> all good, Mohammed. Yeah, it, it's fine to take a moment. Uh, the second part of the question was, and when is this revelation coming? Which revelation? Uh, when the day of judgment coming? Well, you, we're waiting with you, so we don't know when the uh, when the day of judgment occurs or where God is going to show His signs. This is not something that is that's still unseen. We know it's coming as it came before many times, but the hour is going to come, and that's there's no doubt in the hour. So destructions come but what you said but what you said is actually a verse in the quran where people are saying well why is it taking so long or when is this thing coming or i can't please my girlfriend i don't know why you needed to say that but sure because i believe that was part of his question all righty you're coming at you davids <laughs> no, no no cold back uh so zark the terminator says ben are you a buddhist or hindu or anything else. I mean, you know, you, you can you can define yourself. Yeah, I will try. I will try because I'm being very careful with definition, especially single water definitions. I would say that um, in everything that has to do with eternity and God, I'm quite of an agnostic, if that would be the best term. And with anything that has to do with religion, I'm quite of a reform Buddhist, if that uh, fits well there. I believe in the core tenets of Buddhism. I, I practice uh, different um, practices of Buddhism daily. I have daily prayers. I believe in the eternal way of the Buddhas anywhere and anytime in the universe. Um, not necessarily in, in planet Earth only. It might be everywhere and anywhere in the universe all time. And I believe that this is the best bet for for a lifetime. I think that this is the best bet that we have um, to lower the suffering, to make the world a better place with much less suffering than we have. And we have to use, we have to discover truths in nature to do that. We have to discover um, spirituality itself. We have to discover, um, we have to think and, and contemplate concepts like um, uh, eternity, uh, next life, consciousness, conversion of consciousnesses into others. Uh, we have to um, we have to discover other things like math and technology, and we have to combine all of that to create a better world. So I would say I'm a reformed Buddhist, and I'm uh, I'm a very uh, I'm also very careful in defi with definitions. Sorry, can I just ask a very quick question, Ben? Are you from the people that? either believe in a monotheistic deity that's over you, like uh, who's controlling this whole world, or do you believe that you are somewhat uh, of the entity of God and therefore you are part of God and the whole collective is God? Or are you an atheist Buddhist? Because there's, I know no, there's a few. I, I, I'm not an atheist at all. I never defined myself as an atheist. I don't see any reason to do that. I would say that I'm an etherist. An etherist is someone who would say, you know, either um, this physical world, which we don't fully understand, I would say, is is eternal, and we have to be, we have to lower the suffering eternally as much as we can, or there is a God who created it, which is eternal. I so either that or that, or maybe another option. But this is where I'm focused. That's what I'm focused about. Either that or that. Any other thoughts, Sir Muhammad, before we move on? 
or or questions? No, uh, I just wanted I just wanted to understand a little bit more. All right, you got it. No problem. Uh, I don't mind. Yeah, you guys have a little back and forth uh, during the Q and A. It's a lot of fun. And if you're having fun in the live chat, I, I can see there's lots of you uh, still hanging out and uh, chit chatting there. Uh, if you haven't already, hit the like button. Uh, it does help out a lot in getting the uh, stream boosted up in the algorithm. Uh, next question coming in, and thank you, uh, Ben, for uh, you know uh, answering. Uh, a question about uh, your personal beliefs there uh, when that's not what we were talking about tonight so uh, you're welcome Zark. <laughs> Robin Webster freedom of thought and equality are essential for human flourishing secular societies uh, societies rate far better for quality of life thoughts Mohammed I think that's for you based on what standard on what you're talking about equality because I don't find the government or the people who are sitting in the government are equal with the custodian at your school's gym. Like, it, that doesn't make sense. What your concept of equality, yeah, we're equal as humans, but people have favor over each other, and genders are not equal. That's something that we know very well. And uh, also, yeah, like, so so people have different favors, and some people are smarter than others. So what, what am I supposed to do? Like, if, if I have a little bit higher IQ than someone else, should I take pills so that we can all go on the same level? Like, what do you mean by equality? And what quality of life are you talking about? Everybody's broke. Everybody is suffering from all this interest that has been eating everybody up for the last 100 years or 50 years where nobody can afford houses, nobody can barely afford food, people are working two jobs, three jobs, can barely get by. This is the quality of life you're talking about? I don't want to be part of that life. And, and the proper religion is teaching you to avoid interest. Your whole society, your secular society is built on interest and credit. So no, thank you. All right. Uh, I, 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 I would like to say that I greatly agree with Mohammed on that particular point. I am also very much against interest in banking. I, I would prefer to buy uh, flight tickets with, uh, with a debit card, but they won't allow me. I see. So. <laughs> I see. <laughs> okay. We can carry on there, fellas. Uh, yeah, let's see here. Keep the super chats coming in, everybody, and we will keep the conversation moving along. We still have quite a few uh, super chats here to go through. Uh, appreciate everybody who has put in super chats so far, and uh, yeah, definitely uh, keep them coming in. And like I said, we'll uh, keep the conversation Sorry, moving. Ryan. Go uh, ahead. Wait, Ben, this is the situation right now where you're at, where they're forcing you for a credit card for a plane ticket. I have been in that situation and not only a, fl a flight ticket, I even want to buy, I think it was a SIM card for the, for the cellular device and uh, they and told me, no, you have to do card, it. Uh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They told wow. me you have to do it with a credit card. It's very extreme. It's very extreme. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, interesting. Uh, yeah, maybe something to talk about another time. But yeah, uh, let, let's carry yeah. on. Uh, we don't want to stress you out. Well, uh, that right. sounds to be, like to no be fun. honest. Uh, it's because the situation in the Middle East is very hairy right now. People are just, uh, you know, maybe polarized with what they're seeing. But the people who are witnessing both sides, he, he, the things are really, really not normal at all. And yeah. like, even if you're quiet, you could really see what's happening and yeah certain systems and certain things are changing very quickly which is very weird extremely yeah. weird. yeah yeah did you have anything you wanted to say there uh in response or do you want to carry on i know that's a totally different path but uh yes, sorry. It, it's fine uh you know it's uh 
it's it's cool and we can we like i said we, we can definitely make a space to maybe have another discussion where we can maybe touch on some of these other topics that we're dancing around because uh uh, there's uh, there's all kinds of fun that we could be having. So yeah, we'll carry on with the super chats, everybody. So uh, keep them coming in, and uh, uh, thanks everyone, and uh, to our speakers as well, especially Maximilia Miliano, sorry Villa in Muhammad's interpretation of Islam. Am I allowed to mock Allah and their prophet freely, or should I be killed for it? And please, Muhammad, answer the question directly without dodging. Oh no, this is worth you. This is blasphemy law. This is not apostasy. So you could leave the religion, but the second you start insulting the prophet and God out loud, that's causing corruption in the land, and there's the the, the proper response to that is to for elimination. So this is my honest response. But you do not anyone does that. That has to be the people in authority. So, yeah, I'm not going to dodge that. I'll tell you honestly, like if you want to be an apostate, you go right ahead. You want to fight people who are religious, then they're going to have to fight you the way, the same way you're fighting. So if you're writing articles and all this, they write articles and rebuttal. You want to come bring an army, we'll bring an army. But if you want to insult God and the messengers at that point, then you know you're, you're going to hang on a tree very quickly. If I was in power. So that's me being completely honest. I don't need to lie. Alrighty. Any thoughts over there, Ben, or do you want to carry on? Yeah, I would say that uh, I believe that uh, an eternal, um, all-powerful, or most, or almost all-powerful God uh, does not get, um, what is the word in English, does not get insulted. Uh, I would say that uh, people who have died already do not get insulted. I, I'm not calling for people to insult anyone. I think that would be redundant. I think that would be unhelping and maybe even destructive. But uh, I would just say that I don't believe God would be insulted from uh, from uh, profanity, things like that. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, it's not it's not insulting. It's um, the word that's used, uh, so like the people who are um, yeah, well, we're just being disrespectful at this point, or like even like trying to engage against them. So. Okay. All right, you want to carry on from there, gents? All right, looks like that's the case, guys. All right, let's carry on to the next super chat. Thank you so much for that uh, that one there, Maximiliano. Uh, spicy. Zark the Tormentor too. Number two, everybody. What's the point of splitting the moon in the Quran, Muhammad? Well, as people who follow the Quran and guidance, we believe that this is going to happen closer to the Day of Judgment, and it's not something that already occurred. So this is there's a few signs that are going to appear prior to the Day of Judgment. When these signs are shown, then you know that the Quran is truth, but at that point it's too late. The world has enough evidence that at this point it's no more unseen. So the verse that he's talking about is uh, So the hour is close and the moon has been split. So when the moon has been split, now the hour is extremely close. And at this point, you've got a very big sign. But yeah, we don't like the people who follow the uh, Quran alone. We, we believe that the moon will split. It hasn't split. All right. Any thoughts, Ben? You want to carry on? Uh, no, I, 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 I've never heard about this uh, interpretation before. Um, I don't have anything to add about that. 
All right, let's carry on then. Uh, I think uh, he, he wrapped up that uh, one there succinctly there, Muhammad. Uh, Carolina D says, To Muhammad, Quran 54.1. Did the moon split in two? We're back again. All right, what what is 51, uh, sorry, uh, 54, 54.1? Let's, uh, it's the verse that I just said. So, which is the... Hour is approaching and the moon has been split. And then the verse goes, and when they see every sign, they will not believe in it and they'll think it's like that they're being like uh tricked. And then they will follow the 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 like the the orders of every person who's like uh like their governments and their rulers at the time. So and then uh and and already they came to them a warning of this occurring, but they just they don't listen to it. So just let them be until the day of judgment when you're gonna see them going in a straight line, going to their judgment. And the disbelievers will say, This is a really heavy and bad day for us. While the believers will be happy. And then God starts talking about Noah and he talks about other communities that have been removed for the complete corruption and destructions that they were doing upon themselves, which is what we're witnessing today. Well, even though it was the same question, uh, you managed to make even more out of it. So thank you so much for that, Mohammed. Uh, did you have any other uh, things you wanted to add to that, Ben, uh, what you just heard, or carry on? Uh, no, no, I uh, carry on. Carry all right, I love I love stirring the pot if I can of the conversation a little bit uh, when we get into these all right, uh, okay. questions. <laughs> it's all good. I will try. I will try. No, I will try. it's fine. Uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, I'm just uh, having fun here. Uh, Combobulate says, Ben, you just said you haven't read the Quran, so you came ill prepared to the debate. Muhammad clearly answered all your questions. Thoughts, Ben. Um, well, with all due respect to Muhammad, and I seem to agree with Muhammad about many things, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that is true. I think that we have some disagreements. I think that I've shown that um, there are other approaches to some things that Muhammad said. There, are, uh, there is uh, a critical approach, which is comprised of different critical approaches, um, either from the different branches of Judaism, the different branches of Christianity, the different branches of Buddhism, the different branches of, of the secular uh, academic research. And um, actually, um, I should say that uh, at the start, James proposed that we should do is the Quran scientific debate. But I could not agree because I told uh, James that um, I, I am much more uh, learned about the Sirah and Hadith. And I, I, I firmly believe that to understand the Quran, one, need, one needs to have at least a basic understanding uh, of, of the Sirah and Hadith, which I am sure Muhammad has. And uh, he has different approaches to that, and I, and I respect that greatly. Uh, so I I would say that this debate is not about the Quran. It's about the term Islam, and uh, Islam is a very vast term that comprises more than the Quran. Again, Muhammad rejects that view. That's very special. No, no, I, I, and I respect that. that. Um, but I would say that yeah, that Islam is a very complicated topic. One of the things I've learned about Islam is that it's just it's that it's very complicated you have to be very precise when you talk about this and uh, it's not only the quran i would say all right mohammed you had some thoughts there 
Well, yeah, so one thing is known. Islam is more vast than the Qur'an. The Qur'an makes Islam easy. Islam existed before Prophet Muhammad. It's the exact same Islam that existed before Adam because God said that everything has been submitted to God and through the will of God, willingly or uh, or like hatefully. But the people who come willingly, those are considered Muslims. But the interesting thing that um, the person who really won this debate is the truth. So it's not rather me or Ben coming ill-prepared or anything. We really find the truth on after we're dead. And that's what's important. So we're always trying to do the best we can in this day and age, in this time. So I don't, I don't, I never say that someone won or lost the debate. It's the mentality clearly shows at the end. And it's for us. And hopefully the audience is learning some stuff and not just sitting here trying to like uh, cause problems between everybody. That's the whole point of discussion. All right. Uh, any closing thoughts there, Ben, or do you want to carry on? Yeah, yeah, I would say that um, I haven't seen evidence that uh, Islam is there uh, since the time of Adam or that I, 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 you know, I find myself quite, quite in a hard situation to define who was really, who were really the first humans. I, I don't think I accept what the Bible or the Quran says, so I'm not, I don't, I personally don't think in that particular pattern of Adam and Eve. Uh, I tend to see the stories of the Torah about Adam and Eve, which I actually try to read in ancient Hebrew. Just one quick uh, second, quite, uh, Ben. Quite, when, I, quite, when, I, when I say closing uh, thoughts, I did mean just on this question. We do have a couple more. Yeah, yeah just, just on this question. <laughs> I, I, I would say, I would say just that. That's where it uh, sounded like a real closer. I, 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 I see, I see these stories more than more as metaphors. Yeah. Okay. More so folk, sorry. More, more as folklore. More as folklore. Yes. I didn't mean to cut you off there. I, I thought when uh, I said uh, closing thoughts, um, I, it was just not the question. And I was like, oh, man, this sounds like an actual closing statement. So I just wanted to uh, clarify that you were just uh, responding to the question. Because we do have a couple more questions. Okay. Um, Please. Yeah. Yes. And uh, if you have any other questions in the live chat, keep them coming in. Uh, we are getting close to the end. I think we've only got five more to go. Uh, if we get another three or four, I think that's going to be okay. Uh, we're just about to the two-hour mark, so uh, let's get through. Pointless Poppy says, We know scientifically, psychologically, that it is wrong to remove hands rather than rehabilitate. All right, thoughts on our panel here? I I agree. I I would uh, I agree. I prefer that. Well, the the thing is, there isn't hasn't been a society in the modern age where they are applying uh, for people who cause embezzlement and habitual thieves of uh, stealing. And I would bet, and this is just an assumption at this point that the amount of thievery would drastically drop because of that kind of punishment. People would not want to bet their hand for, it's not worth it at that point. Any other thoughts, Ben? Um, you know, I have seen some very hard things from ISIS and uh, I think from one other yeah, regime. No. And that it was no. very hard to watch. I, I I don't know exactly what happened there. I'm not a judge on the case, but it seemed to me very very disgusting. I mean, that's the word. Yeah, I but find. that's that's hadith. That's the product of even weak hadith. And I don't want to get into the like the actual 
politics side of things, but ISIS was not formed by uh, a Muslims. So all right, yeah, well, we won't. We won't get into that, the West. That, that, if, yeah, if yeah. you don't want to, that's cool. Uh, we can just hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Issa Kabir, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, buddy, but uh, we've all seen you on Modern Day Debate, and I really enjoyed you know meeting you in Texas. Everybody knows that because like you're one of the coolest people that we have on here. Um, anyways, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but I'm pretty sure we were all in agreement that like Issa is the bomb, like really swell guy. <laughs> Why is the Torah incorrect, he asks. And then we'll ask the second part. Asking me? He, he is saying, why is the Torah incorrect? Uh, the, Torah, um, the Torah has been manipulated, but if you follow the Torah, you will still find God and you will still do what you need to do. But albeit, it still has some corruptions in it. But God even tells us to tell the Jews that want to say that they're Jews to judge by the Torah. And then the whole concept that no one's supposed to follow the New Testament or not New Testament, the Gospel or the Torah, that's a flawed uh, understanding of the Quran. The Quran is literally saying that those that don't judge by what God has revealed in the Torah, they, they are disbelievers. And those that don't, and for the people of the Gospel, if they're not judging with what God has revealed in the Gospel, they are also problematic people. Um, I want to say something as a native speaker of uh, modern Hebrew, which is vastly different than ancient Hebrew or from the branches of ancient Hebrew. I want to say that I tried to read the Torah in ancient Hebrew and I find some problems uh, which I would say are scientific and I also find uh, problems coming from the critical research of the Torah or the Bible um, in its entirety. Uh, today we have actually four Torahs. We have the Masoretic version or the Rabbinite Karaite version that you can find in any uh, Karaite or Rabbinite or Reformed synagogue. But we also have three other versions, which are the Samaritan version written in Samaritan Hebrew. We also have the Essene version or the Dead Scrolls version. And we also have uh, the Pentateuch version that you can find in basically any Christian church. Um, all four quite differ uh, a little bit. Um, they're basically the same thing, but you know, it's the, the best example I like to give is that the, the Masoretic says, we shall, we shall do in here, Naseh Nishma, Naseh Wanishma in ancient Hebrew. And the Samaritan version says, Nishmawanase, we will hear and then we will do. So it's you can find some oddities there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, Issa clarified in the chat, he says, why is it corrupt? Question mark. The text doesn't say that. And then we'll ask the second question, Issa. I'm doing this just for you, buddy. Okay, so yeah, the Quran does not say that the Torah or the gospel is corrupt. God is saying that the Jews and the Christian or the children of Israel, some of them, used to write things by their own hands and say that it's from God when it's not from God. And they know that it's not from God, but they still wrote it down and said that it's from God. So like the actual concepts of Torah cannot be corrupted, but the things that they added and changed it, that's the corruption. 
So it's not, God is not going to say that uh, like the Torah is corrupt because he's literally referring back to the Torah that was revealed. He's not referring to this Bible. God is not talking about the Bible, nor is he talking about the New Testament or Old Testament when he's addressing those things in the Quran. All right. Any other thoughts there, Ben, before we move on to the uh, second part? Um, I, I didn't quite understand the question. Can you please repeat the question? It was, I, I, you know, that was uh, completely pointed towards uh, what Muhammad had said in the initial mm. response. So let's ask the oh, second part of okay. Lisa's okay, question. Okay. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Uh, the Islamic tradition reinforces that the Torah, Zabur, and the Injil were divinely revealed. How can they be false? Well, because they're... So, every book in history, and I'm not saying they're false, they're true. Every book in history went into the process of people writing it down and trying to preserve it and pass it on. The thing that makes the Quran different is this is not the same as any other book in the world where the miracle is of its preservation. Even the books of Hadith and the books of Sirah went through what the other books went through, the Injil and the Torah and the Zubur. So Prophet Muhammad, we can't really actually uh, assign any miracles to him other than the fact that the Quran was given to him. As people who follow the Quran alone, we only believe that the only miracle that Prophet Muhammad received was the Quran. And that is alone itself is, again, the miracle. So the gospel, the Torah, and the Zabur, they were changed when it became for preservation, when it came down to passing it from people, from translations. Things were changed and things were modified. But if I'm going to remodify the word of God, I can't just start a blank page and start writing things, right? I'm going to have to take some of the truth and twist it to have a social advantage, to have, uh, to have whatever benefit I'm going to take from twisting those words. And that's what occurred. Now, the interesting part is when God revealed the Quran 1400 years ago, he also, um, because the Muslims had a hold of the Bible at that time, when the Quran was written down, they've also locked down the Torah and the gospel in the condition that it was in 1400 years ago. So there wasn't many changes done after because if the Jews and the Christians tried to modify the books, the Muslims would go, no, we have a different copy, don't change your book. And God said that the Quran is addressing these changes. So the whole system was locked when the Quran came. All right, you got it. Uh, any thoughts, Ben, on everything you just heard there? Or you want to carry on? Uh, yes, I would say that um, the approach of Muhammad is very unique because most Muslims you will uh, approach, they will tell you that the Torah and the Gospels um, have been uh, corrupted. Uh, it's called tahrif in, in, in Arabic. And um, yeah, I, I, they would say that it's true. I would say that in the scientific research refers us to the conclusion that there was indeed an ancient document called the, the Torah, which was different than the four versions we have today or might have been. Uh, but I don't think that that proves Islam. This could be true without Islam because, uh, being true. So I, yeah, but wait, everyone can judge for You said, you said for something itself. interesting. So yeah. if... If it is truth that uh, there was an original Torah that could have been corrupted, that means if that claim changed. was made in the Quran, changed. Yeah, changed. Yeah, yeah. If that claim was made implicitly in the Quran, then the Quran uh, was being honest in that. Uh, I, I would say that the Quran was, uh, was uh, probably correct on that point, but that does not prove that the Quran is, in its entirety is correct, in, in my personal opinion. 
All right. Yeah, Seems like we're ready to move on there. Uh, oh, I'm clicking buttons here. Uh, let's carry on. Uh, there you go, Isa. We've answered your questions. So, uh, Carolina D says, uh, to Muhammad, explain Quran 434. Oh, and uh, 434, I believe that's the one with the women. Uh, Let me make sure. Well, uh, yeah, if you want to look it up, uh, that's cool. I, I think you, you're sure better. I believe it's the one about uh, source this if I you find your women being... Yeah, men are guardians over women because of what God favors some of them over others and because of what they spend from their wealth, okay? So men are guardian over women if they're spending money on them, okay? So you're not men are not guardian over, over all women, women. So if you're spending your money on a girl, now you have to also protect her. Thus, the righteous women will be obediently guarded in their absence by what God maintains. So they have to like honor their, their themselves and not go and mess around with other men, right? As for those who you fear their discord, then admonish them and and abandon them in beds and renounce them, right? Some people say that it's renounced and some people are saying that they hit. But if they obey you, do not seek a way against them. Indeed, God is supreme and magnificent. So as I said, there is two understandings, okay? And I will tell you my personal understanding and I'm, I'm not worried. So there's two understandings where people are saying, as in like, uh, let them leave, like make them leave uh, the, the premises or the house. And then the next verse saying that if you're feeling that there's going to be discord among them to reconcile. And the other entity is hit them, right? But you're not like punching them or socking them out cold, right? But uh, in my opinion, from my understanding, is that if it's getting to a level, right, where she is very being disobedient where it's going to cause a lot of corruption the the and she's not being uh subordinate yeah you're you're gonna to have to use some physical restraint with her and if you don't like that then your police officers and the people in power when a woman is not listening to a police officer he's he's uh he's suppressing her and he's hitting her as well so it's sometimes it's uh it's needed but this is only with your wives and your children it's not with any women and it should never get to that level, by the way. But I'm going to be honest to the verse. The verse is saying hit. Okay. Uh, any thoughts, Ben, before we move on to the next? Uh, I don't have an opinion about that. Okay. All I right. I don't know the verse. I don't know the verse. Yeah. <laughs> You're, it's all good. Uh, let's, let's carry on. we only got a few more left here, and then uh, we'll let our speakers go. And I, I really appreciate you, Mohammed and Ben, for uh, being here and uh, uh, sticking it out a little longer than what we may have planned initially. But we knew, uh, you know, things could go a little bit uh, uh, longer potentially. So, Taking Back Eden says, Islam correct on Earth being flat? Why believe NASA? What's this one about now? Do you guys? Okay, so if you here? think the world is flat, the Quran is saying that the world is flat, you're completely wrong. The Quran never talks about the shape of the earth. The Quran never addresses the shape of the earth. The only things that are talking about a flat earth is from a phenomenological point of view, where it's the person's eyes is saying, he's like, don't you see that we made the world surfaced for you? Don't you see that the world made... Anyone who's claiming that the... Uh, uh, anyone who is claiming that the world is flat because the Quran says so, that person is very deluded. And literally, God says on the day of judgment that he will flatten the earth. So why would he flatten a flat earth? Okay. All right. Well, we can carry on from there. Uh, 
Unless yeah. you had any other thoughts there, Ben? Um, I, I don't know the verse in the original Arabic. Uh, I cannot compare that to ancient Hebrew. It's, it's not, I'm not the right person to answer that. No problem. Let's carry on to the next uh, super chat. And I got your email, Ben. I'll, I'll get your link updated in just one second. Uh, David uh, says, making the claim that revelation will come and simultaneously saying people will ask when is rather convenient. Perfect cover for a made-up claim. David's well, okay, coming well, in spice. So here's the thing. So when I was talking about like what you were considering revelation, what I was talking about is the day of judgment. But now as people who follow the Quran alone, we don't believe that messengership has been sealed. We believe prophethood has been sealed. So there's a misconception with Sunnis and Shias versus the people who follow the Quran alone. Sunnis and Shias put uh, messengerships higher level than prophets, while it's the opposites for Quran so, or people who follow the Quran. We believe that prophets are a higher uh, like level than a messenger. God has sealed prophethood, but he did not seal messengership. So messengership is ongoing. God said in the Quran, he does not destroy a nation until he sends a messenger in their tongue, their like language, warning them of God's punishment. And God says that for every nation, or every nation has a, a messenger teaching them the book and the wisdom. So we don't believe that revelation has stopped. God calls the angels messengers, and angels are still ongoing with their process in the world, and people are getting personal inspiration, people are getting personal revelation. But this is something that is very known in most of religious people, like when Jesus came, nobody, no one's going to come after Jesus except Jesus, and then when Prophet Muhammad came, no one's going to come after Prophet Muhammad because after Prophet Muhammad. And just like how in Egypt, when Joseph came, the Egyptians said, well, God's not going to send anybody after Joseph. So it's a it's a known mentality where people just want to seal revelation, but revelation is ongoing. So no, and I'm not telling people anyways. All right. Your your chat is funny, man. They say they, You hear they, that they chat? Some, You're uh, funny. Uh, you say some you guys say some funny stuff. <laughs> Oh, you almost brought Muhammad to. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll carry on. We'll carry on. Yeah, uh, we've been Shout pretty PG. I, 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 I would like. <laughs> yeah, the chat I would like to say. Uh, I would like to say. Uh, and I, I would like to respond about that. Uh, what What Muhammad said is very interesting. I've never heard that from any other Muslim. It's. Uh, I, I I know that Sufi Muslims say that Muhammad continues to deliver messages from the upper world to the lower world, uh, to, to the Sufi teachers in particular, but outside of Sufism or Quranism, I don't think you will find that in Islam. Yes, yeah, most most Sunnis and Shias deny that fact because they don't they cannot define prophet properly as the Quran defines it, and they cannot define messenger as God defines it, and they're not the same. Messenger and prophet is not the same. And yeah, God called Aaron, and, and, any Sunni, and any Sunni that says that, just be like, well, then why did God call Aaron a messenger in the Quran if messengers only get the book? And why did God say that he sends the prophets with the books? He didn't say he sends the messengers with the books. So that's a, a debate for Muslims. That's a debate for yeah, Muslims, I, know. I would say. <laughs> but they usually run from me. So that's that's how it goes. It runs from okay. me and the other people who uh, follow mine. And then they, they're scared of us. They're very scared of us. All right. Okay. Oh, let's carry on here. Uh, David's coming in. Uh, oh, that was the last one here. Ooh, 
we're actually at the last super chat. So if you have any other questions, anybody get it in now. Otherwise, we're going to go to our closing statements after we read this super chat right here from Medical Mystery. And he says, the Torah predicted the Messiah slash teacher would come at a certain time. Yeshua filled that. Christ said he is the only teacher, so why listen to Muhammad? Well, there's a lot of things attributed to Jesus that Jesus didn't say, and Jesus did say that he was going to send a companion that will also be a blessing from the Lord. Now, as believers in the Quran, we believe that God has already judged who the Messiah is, which doesn't mean teacher. Uh, I, I believe my uh, Hebrew-speaking friend can also attest to this. Messiah uh, means like smeared. In Arabic, Messiah also means smeared. So someone who's been smeared or anointed rather than teacher. But uh, with that said, yeah, we believe that Jesus is the uh, Messiah. And, and there's no Messiah after Jesus. And there's no prophet after Prophet Muhammad. But there's many teachers in the world that's teaching you the religion, brother. Or sister, I'm not sure who said that. No worries. Any other thoughts there, Ben, before we move to our closing statements? Yes, I would say that indeed the uh, the original uh, meaning of the term in ancient Hebrew, Mashiach or Mashuach, is the one who was being anointed by oil. Various people in the Bible uh, are called uh, messiahs. Um, but I would say that uh, within the larger context of Judaism and discourse of Judaism, this word has become so messy and there's so many different meanings that it, uh, it's, it, for me, it, really, it is really a very problematic word to deal with. <clears throat> All right, you got it. And uh, any other thoughts, Sir Mohammed, before we move into closing statements on uh, Medical Mysteries' last question? Well, the interesting fact is I wish, obviously they're a Christian, but I believe like if you guys uh, really look at the world around you and if you're waiting for Jesus to come back, uh, the Quran is telling us that, I know Sunnis and Shias love to say that Jesus is coming back, but the Quran is saying there's no proof of that in the Quran. So you might be waiting for somebody that's not coming anymore. And maybe this is the time where you, instead of waiting, you need to be more proactive. And this is my message to everybody. The world is really in big trouble. And everybody is waiting for something to happen. But whatever happen, is going to happen is going to be bad. And right now is the time to be proactive rather than reactive. And this is my only message to my Christian and, and any believer at this point, really. It's time to be proactive and just reactive. Awesome. Well, thank you so much there, Muhammad and Ben. Uh, you know, this has been great. You guys are the rock stars of the QA. Uh, you know, you answered every question and you, you gave everybody, I think, as much as you could uh, to our live chat. So a big round of virtual applause to both of our speakers here. Uh, we will move into our closing statements. And as uh, you know, I've been cr I, I was criticized when I went out to debate con that I do it EU style. But uh, Ben you will be first to, to do your closing. Uh, so uh, one minute on the floor. Your thoughts on our discussion. Yes. Uh, oh, it would be a closing statement about the discussion itself or just about my my opinion in general that has been... This would be your one. On yeah, was, this would be your one minute on the topic. Um, thoughts on the discussion, and if you want to pitch where people can find you. So you got one minute to summarize. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that the discussion was great. I think it was peaceful. I think it was respectful. Um, I believe that the truth of uh, 
of the way of the Buddhas, the Dharma is there, it's simple to find, people can follow it. I think that um, um, uh, that's basically what I can say beyond all the things I have said in the discussion itself. I believe in lowering the suffering of beings for this life and for the next life. I believe that my consciousness would be converted to the consciousness of another being. And I want to live a better world and a world with less suffering for that being and for any other being out there. First and foremost, the other being, then myself, then my conversion. Uh, so I hope for a better world and I do what I can to make the world a bit better and with less suffering. And for anyone who wants to find me, you can go to my website. Um, you should use, you should probably use Google Translate. It's benaharoni.com, ben, A-H-A-R-O-N-I.com. Uh, you can also call me Ben Oz. Uh, it's my other Hebrew name. Uh, so yeah, benaharoni.com, Ben Oz. Thank you very much. All right, you got it. And that's pretty much right on time. Perfect. So uh, thank you so much, Ben, for that. And I did put your link in the description so uh, anybody thank can uh, find you. you there. Muhammad, uh, one minute on the floor. Uh, you know, your closing thoughts, uh, you know, where people can find you. The floor is sure. yours. So unfortunately, in this day and age, a lot of people have a misconception of what Islam is because they think Islam is whatever the Sunnis propagate. Islam is true is because of the way you're supposed to handle yourself, the way how you're supposed to be as honest as possible and to follow what the prophets preached rather than copy pasting what the, uh, the prophets did. Now, Islam is true is uh, only due to the fact that whatever methodology you are extracting from a book that is explaining what Islam is, the Quran, this methodology in, in its entirety can be applied in this day and age as long as you're being honest and as long as you're being forthcoming with what you need to say. There shouldn't be a time where you need to um, you need to actually transgress against people, nor should you find a reason for you to hurt other people. This is not what the Islam is teaching. Islam is teaching you the complete opposite. It's to unify the understanding of God, which is monotheism, number one, to understand that you're going to be judged for everything that you're doing. And finally, Islam came to unify the community, to unify humanity. And as long as people are separating, the more problems we're going to have. So this is why Islam is true. All right. Well, thank you, Muhammad, and thank you, Ben, for those closing statements. And uh, we appreciate you uh, answering all the questions in the Super Chat. We'll be back for more juicy sure debates. Uh, so everybody stick around for those. And uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, hanging out and hitting the like button. And uh, we will see you next time. Take care. Bye. I see you Sunnis calling me not a Muslim. I see you guys. <laughs> I gotta get these guys this, out of here chat, before they chat, uh, before they start stirring the pot again. All right, <laughs> cheers, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.